Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, welcome. It's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio headquarters in Rainy Hooks at New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us here where you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, or if you're watching after the fact or listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever else you might have gotten this podcast from, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padrone, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul, Pat, and Dave, and we have Dan and PJ here from the 603 Brewing Company. Hello, guys. Hey. Hello. Thank yeah. you for coming back. Thanks for the invite. You were serious Welcome about back. that, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Good. It's happening. We had such a great time the first time you were on, oh, and we, we sure all wanted did. to do this again, but Appreciate it. now I know you meant it because you actually came back. And... Uh, as you, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that last week we started what was supposed to be a two-week uh, series on beer pairings, and last year we did beer pairings with cigars with the Boston uh, Beer Company, which was, uh, you know, we looked at some Sam Adams options, and tonight we were going to focus on um, beer pairings with 603 with pipe tobaccos. It was called Pipe and Pint. It was the perfect title, really the was. perfect really title. Was. And then something happened in the middle of the week. Uh, <laughs> there was a um, half wheel released an editorial talking about really what constitutes uh, marketing uh, tobacco to children. And we thought that this was a topic that we really wanted to jump on and talk about. There's a lot of crossover with the beer brewing industry as well. So we have added a cigar, the uh, Street Taco, which we will be smoking in the second half of the show, um, which will fit that whole theme. Um, but we are going to start off the way I had originally planned with this GLP's Fillmore. And uh, Fillmore is a, a Virginia Perique tobacco. Let me read you what's on the tin. It says, a thick sliced broken flake in the Scottish tradition. Ripe red Virginia tobaccos are combined with a generous measure of fine Louisiana Perique and then pressed to marry the components and deepen the flavors. The cakes are sliced and gently broken before tinning. Fillmore presents an elegant sweetness and delightful piquancy enhanced by creamy richness that develops throughout the bowl. Sit back and enjoy a lovely, leisurely smoke. And so this was the tobacco that we had originally asked them to make pairings for. And what are we starting off with? 
Dan. Well, so what we're going to start off with is you guys were uh, nice enough to give us a little advance on the tobacco so we mm -hmm. could try it first and figure out what we want to pair it with. And what we're going to go with here today is our Winnie Amber Ale. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm smoking this tobacco, I'm getting some nice, smooth, rich, creamy notes. Mm -hmm. Little little touch of a uh, little touch of pepper on there for me. Yep. Um, and what we have here with the Winnie Amber Ale is so this is an amber ale at six point six percent, which is a little higher than uh, an amber ale typically is. Um, but it's one of our original recipe beers. Mm -hmm. It's been around forever. It's the top amber uh, in the state of New Hampshire, which is which nice. is where, where we distribute mm -hmm. it. And um, let's crack these open and start drinking right. it, so you guys can see how this pairs. Do that. There we go. Dan's a little modest too. This is uh, this is his baby, by the way. This this is one of my one of my original yep. babies here. Yeah. So what you'll notice, you'll 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 get this nice, deep amber reddish, brown color out of it. Nice creamy head on the top. Mm. And what you're gonna get when you drink this beer, it's a nice combination of uh, both American and European malts. Uh, you're gonna taste some nice caramely sweetness. And what's really interesting is you're going to get some raisin out of it. Hmm. Well, that'll go great with this thing. Yeah. So you can go ahead and give that a shot. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We had this at the dinner last week, or two weeks ago, I should say. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, that was a big hit at the uh, <clears throat> 7, 724 cigar dinner that we had. It goes so well with – it's it's a very versatile beer, whereas it, it's going to speak a lot to, to the same notes that you'll get in, in the flavor profiles of food as well as, you know, a cigar or, or pipe tobacco like we're, we're smoking here tonight. I love the color. Oh, it is, God, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful beer. Yeah. It, when it's, You pour it in a glass, and sometimes it's got that little chill haze going on right mm -hmm. now. But it's just bright, clear, uh, really, really pretty beer. Mm. It's, a, it's a fantastic beer for pairing. And, you know, honestly, it's, it's kind of a softball when it comes to pairing anything, any kind of food um, with Winnie. It goes great with steaks and seafoods and things mm -hmm. like that as well. Mm. Um, it can pair against spicy. It can pair against sweet. So it's just a very versatile beer. Um, like I said, it's, it's you know, it, it's been around for a while for a reason. People really enjoy it. It's got a real so faithful group of drinkers. One of the first beers that, that 603 brewed, right, Dan? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So was it number one or was it was this was number two. It was number two. Number All right. two. The first one, the first one that actually made it to the market is the first one that we brewed didn't make it to market because of a labeling issue of all oh, things. Oh, really? And then, uh, yeah, so this this was the first beer to market for us. And uh, we're going into our 10th year. We're in our 10th year now of business, and it's still our number one seller. Yep. So, you know, tried and true. I mean, 10 years in the craft industry, I mean, like, again, when that we- That says something right there. Yeah, when we started, we were one of the, you know, first 10, 11 breweries in the state somewhere around there. And, you know, this beer has kind of withstood the test of times. Beer is very cyclical where things come up, things go. It's very trendy kind of kind of industry. And, you know, something is, you know, nice, clean, just versatile beer really works. And we just launched distribution in Maine uh, very recently, beginning of 2022. And we're finding, you know, this fills a gap in, you know, in Maine as well is, you mm -hmm. know, in a, in, a, in a sea of IPAs, juicy, yeah. hazy IPAs, which we love. You know, there's just a beer like this goes really, really well, you know? Yep. It, and it really does pair nicely with this with this tobacco. The more I'm smoking the tobacco, the more mm. of that kind of peppery mm -hmm. feel mm. I got for it. It was very creamy on the front there. Yeah, and I, I had a bowl of this earlier today, and um, I was amazed at how complex this ended up getting. It, it changed up on me several times as you go down the bowl. It yeah. starts off with that very kind of sweet stewed fruit 
kind of sweetness to it and um you know some, some raisins which goes really well with the beer figs and and then in the middle of the bowl it it like changed up and it was like very it got very oaky a lot of that sweetness went away and there were a lot more woody kind of flavors and and then in the final third of the of the bowl it changed up again and it was like baker's cocoa or baker's chocolate with like black cherry kind of sweetness oh, wow. in the background it was really really complex and i'm thinking that all three if that happens again with this <laughs> with me and this beer that's going to go with all of them uh but fortunately or unfortunately we have several different pairings several beers, with several this. to try well we can never just bring one beer for you guys that's no right. no that's the whole point isn't it it's exactly <laughs> As as the flavor profile of the tobacco changes, so does the beer. Mm -hmm. So, Paul, what are you picking up as you're smoking uh, this? I'm going to be honest with you, Dan. Uh, I've had this tobacco a couple of times before the show, and I got I I initially was going to say this is my least favorite vapor. Mm. Um, and I was getting a lot of like the first of all the perique that zing of pepper was right was prominent mm -hmm. and then i was actually getting a little bit of a sour flavor which was a little bit off-putting to me mm -hmm. i had it again same deal <laughs> i think the winnie amber is going to going to help me enjoy this tobacco a lot more because now i'm getting a lot more of the earthy woody mm -hmm. bready notes yes the perique notes are, are, is still there though it's it's a little subtle it's blending very very well with those notes mm. a background of sweetness mm. so i'm i really am appreciating this tobacco a lot better with the uh, Winnie Amber Ale. Pat, what about you? So on the light, I had like this really nice creamy texture. I had kind of like a plum sweetness, fig. Mm -hmm. And then as I started going through the bowl and I started having the Winnie Ale, it's kind of like a like a toasted plum now. Like it's it has kind of like this more of a charred Ooh, flavor to plum, it. Huh? Mm -hmm. And then the perique is kind of going more in the forefront, leaving like this kind of peppery aroma on my palate. Yeah. And uh, uh, kind of like a sourdough and hay notes as well on the finish. Yeah. Dave, I concur. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right, CJ. <laughs> CJ, what are you picking up? Welcome back, Dave. <laughs> Uh, definitely get a, that black pepper, that nice spice. Uh, mm -hmm. there, that, there was a nice creamy, uh, nice creamy sweetness, uh, nice creamy uh, richness, rather, right when lighting it, like like Pat alluded to. Um, the aroma, which I thought was weird when I when I was smoking yeah. it the first time over at Twins, there was something I was picking up, and I was just kind of researching online, and it was prune, and mm. I st and I still get it. I was like, yeah, that's what it was. I, there was a smell I just couldn't put my finger on, a nice aroma that I couldn't put my finger on, and. Just reading about this, I was like, "Yeah, prune really kind of prune had, plum, yeah, yeah that, that dark that fruit, yeah. those yep. dark fruits." Um, but and that's that's why the Winnie's really going to work because as this as we sit here and drink this and this beer starts to warm up a little bit, mm -hmm. that's where you're going to get more of the raisin and the plum mm. that start coming out of it. Yeah. Honestly, if I had to put like a color to what I'm tasting, it's the Winnie ale and the yeah, glass. Right? Yeah, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Yep. And there's a nice spice that just like goes between both of them, you know. Let me ask you something. Yeah, very true. Let me ask you something, Dan. Has this recipe changed at all in the ten years since you brewed it first? Um, really not. the 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 key player in this is the malts that we use in it, and those have remained uh, the same all the way through. Adjusted ratios now and then, 
Um, malt being an ingredient that will change season to season, yep. mm-hmm. you know, based on the weather and, and based on things that happen. Mm-hmm. You always have to make slight tweaks, um, but it's always been a very, uh, a, a very kind of sweet forward beer, um, but not too much. And the neat part about that is there's actually a pretty uh, complex hop combination that goes into this. Okay. Because normally in amber, like I said, it wouldn't be as high in ABV as this is, but it also really wouldn't have much of a, uh, a hot presence. But this does have a little hot bite to it to make sure to balance out so the beer isn't too sweet. And that's why it's it's just a very well-rounded, balanced beer. Um, and I think it's going to be neat because these things, these this tobacco and this beer, they're going to play off each other and really, it, it, really it, pull it, different too. flavors. Oh out yeah, totally. Oh, it absolutely. Is. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said before, this 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 beer is really helping to pull out some of the notes that I was not able to get on its own, and helping to really, really appreciate it. So yeah. I, it's I think it's pairing very, very well tonight. I'm not too familiar with GLPs. Yeah, <clears throat> GLPs uh, is you know GL. Is, Gregory Pease is the the blender behind this, and um, this particular one came out first in 2006. <clears throat> Greg Pease is widely considered to be one of the premier um, pipe tobacco blenders of the day, and he has a series of uh, pipe tobaccos out there. Uh, uh, it's in the 40s, I think, the 40 different blends. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, and uh, several of them have achieved kind of a upper echelon type of yeah, upper status. echelon status. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Uh, Quiet nights, I'm thinking of, um, which Cum- is Cumberland. Yeah. Cumberland is has been one of my favorites. That came out in uh, right around 2000, and I've been smoking Cumberland all that time. It's fantastic. It's one of those one of those tobaccos that has just never left my cellar same with barbary coast uh that's another one that's been big um last year he came out with um windjammer mm. which is a uh, uh navy flake tobacco it's a virginia perique that's so made awesome. with rum and um uh that was our pick for best new tobacco of the year it sounds like i got a trash one yeah, <clears throat> yeah it's, it's- it's also been one of our best-selling tins at Twins. Um, I've played my own part in that. I think I'm on my eighth <laughs> tin or so. But uh, it's amazing how often I'm having to reorder uh, to, to refill the stores here. And it's <laughs> because really, of me and you, Dan. <laughs> it's, it's not just that. There's other people buying it, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's great. Mm. It's, it's really good stuff. But um, so I, so I've been a cigar smoker for a little over ten years, probably now. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting into pipes in probably the last year, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm I was amazed, honestly, that um, the flavor profiles could be so vastly different, and really the mm-hmm. experience is different. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I honestly find that I like smoking pipe a lot of the time in the morning with a cup of coffee. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. it's just a little more. It's you know you can control. You know, yeah, lot, you hate you hate starting to burn a stick and then you mm-hmm. can't finish it that's right, like oh right. geez, i just wasted a you know a 12 15 dollar yep. 12 15 dollar stick but you know the ability to really kind of measure what you're what you're going to smoke and uh all these different combinations you know mm-hmm. I, I still have uh i've been buying the carolina red flake from yeah. the last time we were yeah. on so yep. that's my um, favorite really fantastic fantastic tobacco epic and uh, i found a bunch that i've that i really enjoyed so it's it's been fun getting into this and mm. finding those different flavor profiles and yeah i do i definitely 
pair these with coffees uh, a lot more often. Which was interesting when we went in to actually uh, figure out the flavor profile uh, of the tobacco for tonight to pair the beers with. We actually had a cappuccino with it instead of a, instead of a gin and tonic or a beer like we normally would yep. or a whiskey sitting at the bar. I noticed that. So yeah. we, we we were on our game. We were working. Yep. You know that was... We went through the whole gambit of uh, of of, yeah, of of drinks before we. What was it we thought would pair well with that? I don't remember anymore. Touch on what Dan just said and echoed that. It's, again, I, I you know he said he's been into cigars for almost around ten years now. I've really only been uh, big into cigars actually since starting working at 603. I've always enjoyed them, mm-hmm. but I just, it was almost uh, intimidating where I didn't know where to start. Um, and then going and hanging out at uh, Twins, frequently there, talking sure. to Dan, I was able to have you know, somebody to kind of chat with and talk about flavor profiles with. And I see a lot of common similarities. It's just, you know, it's dissecting flavor profiles and trying to hit something that you think will appeal to people and kind sure. of play with their taste buds. And to, everybody picks up on different things, but my interest is almost in cigars and now pipes which is very very recent cigars have been a few years for me pipes has passed handful of months really since uh, really, yeah, doing yeah, your, your yeah. first podcast that we did with you it's very similar to the, uh when i was getting into craft beer mm. i feel it's like so now i'm you know buying cigars just to sit on them and that you know i'm, I'm, when I'm buying them faster than i can smoke them and with uh same thing with tobacco because i always just want to try that next thing which is right. what i did with beer i wasn't just like oh i found this this great beer i'm just going to go back and buy this again tomorrow i was like well i found this great beer what about this can i go find out you know what else can i find that's mm-hmm. close to this and kind of it just gradually expands your horizon it's been it's been a lot of fun to kind of experiment with different things and you know try out different flavor profiles and see what works is a big aromatics as far as pipe tobacco sure or, so. yeah that's that's often how it goes it's it's the same with cigars too right i mean you you find one that you like, and then you try and find others that are similar. Or... And that's what I was trying to dissect for a while. I was like, okay, I, I know I like this cigar, and I know I like this cigar. What are its commonalities between the two? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, now I figure out what I like between the two, and then let me look for, let me actually look for other things that have those similarities. Then I'll go seek out that that particular cigar, buy that, and smoke that. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. it, it does work. And you know, there's it's just really crazy how just little variances and you know are differ cigar to cigar, but it, overall, it's kind of almost the same thing and just a different it, well and you you were saying that you've really dialed in you like nicaraguan, nicaraguan, yeah, nicaraguan so, fillers yeah. so right? nicaraguan like, fillers are, like, that's, that's like pj's like oh wait man every cigar i like and i make a note for i look yeah. back and it's got a nicaraguan filler yeah that and that's it's it's it was kind of crazy man and i didn't even intentionally figure it out i'm like i like this cigar i like this cigar i like this cigar it's probably like five five or six different cigars i was like i really like these these are my top them all nicaraguan fillers i'm like well there's got to be something to be said about that just they speak to me so what what are some of your favorites then? Uh, the Placencia, the Almafuerte. Yep. Yeah, um, I've really enjoyed oh, that. Yeah. The, uh, is it, uh, the the Liga T fifty two I just had last week was really really the Liga Provada. Liga yeah. Provada. Yeah. That that really took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting. It. I didn't know anything about it going into mm. it. That was nice. Dan introduced me to the. Uh, I don't know what the filler is on this, but the, my father's was one of the nice. Uh, yeah, first that's, nice, that's Nicaraguan, which yeah. makes sense. I guess I wasn't sure, but that was yep. one of the first cigars that really got me into the nice cigars. Dan's like. Go pick me up this box of uh, my father's over the, you know, uh, over one of our accounts, and I was like, okay. And then he's like, try this, and I was like, wow, this is, this is next level. I mean, so you're full body then. You like the full body. Yeah, players. I guess, and, that, and a that's... lot of Maduros I've been gravitating mm-hmm. to as well. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I oh, think Paul's happy now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I, which, the I think when I first got into cigars, it was, you know, something that we, we can talk about later. It was like, I it was the sweeter, maybe like some of the sweeter ones. You're like, yeah. I remember the Java Mint. I mm-hmm. used to go see an account up in North Conway and. They always had the Java Mints, and I tried it one day with a granite stout, which, and I was like, oh, this is a really cool combination. And every time I went back, I would, you know, have that with that beer. And, <laughs> um, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, no, that. My train of thought is going on. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> Very good. That's all. So, Pat, do you want to kind of introduce the the major topic of discussion for tonight? This is probably going to go into both halves of the show here. Yeah. So the main topic is going to be predominantly like what is advertising in the premium cigar industry and then the craft beer industry and you know like the intent and perception of it to you know like the basis like you know miners for instance and this conversation really stems off of a editorial that was posted on halfway i think it was tuesday i think it was tuesday and they were referencing uh provada cigar club which i'm a member of and other companies and the editorial was so if, if for one if you don't know what half wheel is uh briefly it's kind of what i would consider like the hq of the premium cigar industry it's kind of like your cigar fishing auto but half wheel focuses more on i guess modern news so it has like new cigar releases cigar reviews it has like pca and it has like the lobbyist litigation so it's really everything that's entailed in the premium cigar industry it was tuesday march 1st all right so Basically, whenever Half Wheel says something, a lot of people will see it and a lot of people treat that like, you know, like their primary source for like premium cigar news. So the editorial was basically condemning these newer cigar companies because they ha their method of advertising can be perceived to be advertising to minors. And the main, Dan, if you want to, I'm... Dave, if you want to put the um, picture on the stream. So the picture that's going to be put on the stream is going to be the the editorial that was supposed to be done, which was a new release of, is it up? You want it up? Okay. Yeah, I just put it up now. So it's called the brand's Munchies, and it's, uh, what is it, Brookstone, I believe, is the name of the cigar. But the packaging <clears throat> looks like a candy i guess the the uh it looks like a ice cream the rocky yeah like road the, ice cream. yeah rocky rocky uh, road was the name rocky road, road yeah, yeah. yeah so i mean it, it goes as far as having like those little white circles that would have like the calories and fat being you know like 50 gauge well, yeah it's got the nutrition fact bar yeah it's got so the barcode, it, like, it looks like you, you get it at a supermarket and it would have candy inside of it but obviously it's cigars and i'm i think they're an infused cigar as well so half wheel went out and they were basically saying how these companies are greedy. They're going to destroy the industry because they're going to get the FDA sicked on them. And it's a it's just a poor method in that they're targeting minors. So me, when I started reading this article, I was thinking to myself, you know, like, it doesn't make much sense because if the FDA had an issue with it, they wouldn't be able to release it. And I was kind of swayed both ways with it. And then Pravada Cigar Club, which was, they, they weren't mentioned specifically in the article, but they were obviously one of the targets because what they were saying is basically targeting Pravada because they, so Pravada Cigar Club, briefly on them, is it's a closed club. You have to be a member to be a part of it. And they release, I guess, boutique line cigars and they do their own advertising for them. So you know, for instance, there's a Cookie Monster, and they have, like, the actual Cookie Monster as the band. They have, like, ice cream cones, and it's kind of like those, I'll call it nostalgic advertising, but then that's going to be perceived as targeting minors. So, you know, they have the LCA, and that's kind of like your PCA and your TAA retailers, so only LCA 
um, retailers carry Pravada products, and they were saying that these retailers should stop purchasing them, and that you know this company should just go away, basically. So what I was thinking during it was, you know, does it? What is? What should we be looking at? You know, as an issue of this, should it be how, like, the true intent behind the advertising, or should it be how the advertisement is perceived? Because in my opinion, you know, Pravada. They're going for the nostalgic kind of approach. And, you know, for instance, like new smokers like me, like who's legally allowed to smoke, you know, I grew up on Cookie Monster. So when I see Cookie Monster, it's nostalgia. And, you know, it makes me want to try it because it's cool to me. And then I think a lot of young kids these days, I don't even know if Sesame Street's still around, but I think it's kind of targeting that audience and it's just kind of putting like a new kind of zest into the industry. And, Obviously, your more traditional companies who, you know, fund Half Wheel and, you know, whatever, they, they have an issue of this because it's breaking tradition. So I guess the main crux of the conversation is going to be, you know, intent and then how it's perceived. And I know that kind of segues into the craft beer industry because last episode, you know, you guys told us that. You guys go down the cereal aisle for inspiration. So... <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> halfway serious. Yep. Halfway serious. So, I mean, I'm sure you guys don't go down the cereal aisle saying, like, okay. I said it was halfway serious, so part of it's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, even, that, that, even that example, like, you guys aren't going down the aisle, like, okay, how can we get people that eat cereal this, to drink beer? You know what I mean? This, the whole nostalgic branding is really what it is, and it's just how do people of now of our age, I mean, we're all probably pretty similar in ages, is how do you get something that they will be attached to and instantly find a connection with and i think you find things that almost bring back that adolescence nostalgic kind of feel to it and try to see what you can capture and maybe you can you know get them to gravitate towards your product just on branding alone quality of product aside you know manufacture of product aside there's no brand allegiance it's just fine you know is especially in our industry it's not about you know a matter of well i only drink 603 or i only drink x brewery it's no, we know that our customers are going to drink 603. They're going to drink a lot of other great beers from this area. And, you know, it's just finding something that, you know, when they walk into the store and they see the thousand selections in the craft beer shop, what will immediately draw their attention? And sometimes mm -hmm. you take those nostalgic uh, approaches. We did a, a beer last year that we released that was uh, called Space Jammed. It was the, mm -hmm. the, the remake of Space Jam. We wanted to do a beer that we did a, a fruited IPA. So we used, uh, you know, a nice IPA with Galaxy Hops, a really nice hop. And I'm forgetting the adjuncts we put into it. Uh, ras might have been raspberry. Yeah, but there's a cartoon, you know, uh, Space Jam monster it's essentially it's sla a hop. slam dunking, uh, yeah, slam dunking a hop. Did you use a, Marvin the Martian on your? We, we did not. I, no. I, I believe it was a, it was a non <laughs> non copyrighted. We're, we're, we're good. You know, we'll, we'll take you'll, we'll take a C and D here and there, but we don't want to just outwardly beg for it. You know, if somebody wants to say, hey guys, a little too close on that one. We're, all right, we'll take that. Yeah. But. I'm I'm really curious as to what Paul and Dan being in the traditional market for a long time. What do you guys think about this? Well, first of all, I, I the way I look at it is, where is this particular particular cigar going to be displayed at or sold in you know in other words what arena is it going to be uh marketed in is it going to be available in the cereal aisle or that's good or the ice cream aisle of a super of a supermarket no it's going to be in a cigar shop or online and technically if you go to a cigar shop all cigar shops for the most part you have to be 21 year, years or older to enter the building so you have to be an adult right so again <laughs> 
you're talking to someone who is literally I know I know the arenas we play in and I know the the rules that we all have to kind of uh, work with but I'm a I'm a live free or die kind of guy <laughs> all right so to me it, regardless of what I think about I'm 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 looking at it from the from the viewpoint of where is this particular product going to be sold in it's going to be sold either in a store or online and you have to be 21 years or or older to to purchase that so i really don't think it's that big a deal but however the way <laughs> the way the packaging looks you know the air of the fda is in their 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 legal reach is going to start to look at this a little bit deeper and probably start to you know come back at the cigar industry because of this well and to and to play a little bit of devil's advocate there that's that was uh uh charlie's point of the editorial mm -hmm. was it's it's not that it is being marketed to kids right we know it's not we know it's not but right. it's perception correct and if perception the fda is reality. Yep. if the fda is saying that its big concern is cigar being marketed to minors mm -hmm. and you're putting images out of cookie monster and you're making rocky road uh cigars and you're making cigars that are named after ice cream that to, in their mind that is marketing to kids whether it's available to them or not and and that's his point is why would you want to tick these people off when we're already having such a hard time. I, and I absolutely get that. And, and, and that's the point. You have to know the arena that you're playing in mm -hmm. to, to understand what rules you should be following. But adults like ice cream, adults like <coughs> cereal, adults like candy. Yep. So that's the argument there. You know, where, why, should, why should it stop at age 18 or 21, you know? I have a question from an outsider's perspective. Is if uh, no, I don't. Is, does the majority of people in the industry are there? Is it kind of split whether you're on this side of the fence or that side of the fence? So what I'm wondering is it more of a an issue not just with the FDA, but as as people in the industry are are they worried about the devaluation of the kind of elegance that's been built up with cigars over the past, you know, yeah, 50, the article 25, does, 50 years. Yeah, the article does discuss, yeah. discuss uh, self-regulation within the industry. And then, they want yeah, tradition. Even, they want, the, they even want tradition. Even further, I mean, Carlito Fuente, after the um, PCA event that they just had, a, I think it was probably three weeks ago now, he posted on his Instagram. It's still there. It has, it's like the PCA logo post he has. And he's kind of speaking to – how like cigars have been loved for years and they've been following tradition for years. And he said, you know, stop being greedy. And then he said also quote, stop being assholes and stop breaking tradition <laughs> to make a quick buck. That, that was the gist of what he said. So I think that like when I read the article, it was the perception of it, but I also think it's a, it's kind of a, a mix between your like traditional, like, I guess, Order cigar smokers versus your newer. When I say newer, I don't mean like the younger generation of smokers. I mean like the people that just got into cigars. Because I think Provada Cigar Club, their main purpose is to introduce people to cigars in like a very comfortable way. And I think that might be why they have these fun kind of brands. Because, you know, like if you go into a cigar shop, you know, most people might be like, oh, all these cigars look the same. You know what I mean? And then 
on Nevada, <laughs> you have kind of cool branding, you know, oh, that's Cookie Monster. I watched that when I was a kid, like 20 years ago, whatever. And then, so, but I think the main issue I had with the Half Wheel article was how many kind of untied ends there were in it. And when I, what, I, what I mean by that is, like, they mentioned, like, self-regulation. So I look at Half Wheel as, like I said, like the HQ of premium cigars. So if you want to self-regulate and not have the FDA do it, to me that means you contact these companies individually and you talk to them and you don't publish an editorial that the FDA sees coming from a credible premium cigar source saying that there's an issue with targeting youth because now they can look at that and now that's ammo that they haven't had in their litigations against cigars. And now they can say, well, you said in this editorial that this was targeting minors, that this could be seen as it. So where's your argument now? Because it's they're basically conceding that there's some sort of an issue. Well, I think with he made. Marketing. I think he made a point of that, and in the the point of that is where our picture came up of of the the packaging. It was blatantly ice cream, you know. And I think I think history repeats itself, and right now it's repeating itself in the cigar industry, where it has already happened in alcohol and uh you know like any other format like for instance you know alcohol in is not for the most part in my purview marketed to children on you know the marketing that's there like on tv and stuff like that uh you don't see kids in the commercial you don't see you know you know what i mean and i feel like cigars should always be presented in an idea of sophistication and relaxation and like it's an adult thing to do and you know uh when you're trying to be sophisticated you don't have rocky road you See know it. you know what i mean and that I, I i totally get what this guy is trying to say and i completely and totally agree with it and he's he the reason why he published it specifically was so that the fda would read it and gu and guide everybody else by it because he's there for the long term and it has nothing to do with freedom of speech it has to do with the fact that when you when you when you regulate something and say it's at this age and up you can't have an image where it's below that age and stuff like cookie monster and ice cream and stuff like that is easily marketable or explain the explanation is easy to go towards that lower age. And that's, I, I think it's very logical to say that you have to keep it at the, uh, at the age bracket that you're going for. So I have two quick points to make. First point is like when you guys want to release a new beer, if the FDA doesn't approve your branding, are you allowed to market that branding? Well, <clears throat> sorry, this is, I, I really want to, I kind of want to hear what you guys had to say yeah. first. Because um, when, when Pat brought this to us, I thought it was very interesting. I had just kind of seen the article, and then he caught me uh, in PJ. We were having a smoke the other day over at Twins. And, um, you just you just sold us out. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's no Busted. surprise. No surprise. We were over you were working though, weren't you? Yeah, we're, we're working. working. We're working. We're working. We're working. We're working. We're really working. So the auxiliary <laughs> office. Yes. This, this this is the exact parallel to what the craft beer industry <clears throat> so started similar. going through about five years ago, um, where a lot of the advertising and things of that nature started becoming much more playful and bright and colorful. Mm -hmm. 
And the driving force behind all of that is because the craft beer industry became it, it exploded, right? Mm-hmm. So PJ was saying we um we were like think there were less than 10 operating breweries in the state 10 years ago when 603 started operating there's a hundred breweries right around around just just in the state of new hampshire right now so and i think last year maybe the year prior was the first time in the country where we had more breweries um than we did pre-prohibition so that really wiped out the industry and it's built back now Mm -hmm. and what that means is competition right and selection so when you go into a beer store, you don't have, and I can't even tell you, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a player in this industry and in this state, I couldn't name all the breweries in this state today. But when I walk into a beer store, everyone's gonna be represented on the shelf. The problem is all the consumers, they're, if I'm in the industry and I'm up on this stuff constantly, they don't have a clue who's who, right. so they're shopping labels. Right. They're looking for the brightest, most entertaining label to grab it. And if I have to guess, the cigar, the premium cigar industry, you are at the tip of the iceberg. So yeah. you are going to start seeing flavored cigars be much bigger. I bet you start seeing much more bold, brash advertising. Mm-hmm. I think really you are scratching the surface of what's about to be a much bigger conversation in your industry about how packaging looks in the future. So that's one of the th- reasons why the article upsets me, because for one, I don't think like, they already announced the FDA had no issue with it. So Half Wheel, I think, made it an issue by having an editorial about it. But I also think that... And not, Pat, not only did they make it an issue, but they just publicized it to an audience... Thank you. Yes. A hundred times the size yep. that ever would have seen yep. that, that part. They that, knew that, what that they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I yep. guarantee you, and this is why self-regulation won't work, because there's some guy who is starting a cigar brand and, you know, who knows where, who's like... Oh shit! I can get all attention. I have to do is do something really kind of racy out or of the box. It, yeah, out of the box on my brand, yep. and now I'm gonna get the biggest publication in cigars writing an article just about me and my brand. Yep. Yeah, yep. and like the thing that I have an issue with is so I think the difference between craft uh, beer and um, cigars would be like cigars have been done for like thousands of years, right? Like hundreds of years, like the tanos in the. Well, the Tano Indians were already doing it. So, I mean, I guess hundreds. I premium to what we know today, modern day cigar, hundreds of years. Pipes, thousands, yes. cigars, so, hundreds. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that there's been a way of doing it. They like didn't the, have marketing Like the, the traditional way of doing it. And I think that those traditionalists in the industry are trying to cancel this new kind of just this new approach to marketing. Mm-hmm. And, and the FDA hasn't made this a problem yet. Their main focus has always been if minors are actually smoking cigars. They have never, like, during the deeming rule, that there was no mention of marketing to minors. It was solely, all their studies were based on the consumption of premium cigars. So it was never a, a litigated issue. So this is, now they're making this a problem and I think it's an attempt to just kind of, because I, I think Provada Cigar Club, it, it, it well, I, I don't, I know it's expanding. It, it, they're taking these boutique growers and they're making cigars that are very marketable to not only new smokers but your like veteran smokers. And I think that it, it, it could be a fear to some of these companies because like it's to the point where rollers are leaving these established companies because of getting publicity under Provada and they're working for Provada. So I think this is an attempt to kind of mute what they're doing a little bit or at least have them play under the rules that these traditional manufacturers have made. 
So that's why the article, I think, really upset in me. And it's just like the whole self-regulation thing is your it's a misconception now, because if you want to self-regulate, why would you post an article without talking to them about regulating that can now be perceived to everyone else? All right. Before we get into another point, we have three more beers that we're supposed to, two more beers <laughs> that we're supposed to have with this tobacco. Uh, I'm almost at the end yeah. of my bowl. Yeah, we need to like re so I'm gonna have repack. To, I'm, I'm glad I have a second pipe next door. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to redo it. So do we have to finish uh, this? We need yeah. two first? breaks. Mm -hmm. Do what you got to do. Do what we you got to do. Finish yes, we're going to okay, finish so this up. It's not going to drink what, itself, Dan. What are we, what are we having next? So next we're going to throw you for a loop oh. a little bit. So we have, yeah. a, we have okay. a fun beer. Um, this is a collaboration beer that we did with a, another local brewery in New Hampshire called Abel Ebenezer. Uh, they're a veteran-owned brewery. And this is a sour. They're going to be, be on with again. us in a couple of weeks. Oh, excellent. Awesome. Awesome yep. guys. Yeah, they're, uh, awesome. they're a great, great team. You're, you'll really enjoy them. So, uh, yeah, this is a sour beer, which is going to take you in a completely different direction. And the reason we did this is we wanted to really cut through your palate now that we've got a bunch oh, of smoke hello. in our mouth. Oh, yeah. Look, at this is a completely different color. Oh, yeah. So this beer is this not, looks... not only a sour, but it's this made. This is marketed to kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's made with. Um... It like apple juice. <laughs> oh, my with... God. Oh, my God. It's joy juice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we enjoyed yours, yeah. <laughs> and there's a there's a story behind the name that we can go into. But this was made with maple smoked malts, um, and a oh man, peach a, right? A, a ton of peaches. A ton of peaches. This peaches. Is going a, probably a little time. Oh, yeah, peaches, watch yeah, out! Probably Kids. a ton of peaches. Um, and what's neat about this is Spitfire Georgia's. So in World War oh. II. Uh, the way to deliver beers to the guys on the front lines is they would take essentially a hollow bomb and they'd fill it out with good beer, <laughs> and it, it was called Joy Juice, and they Joy would juice. and they would drop it down to the guys on that's the front. Awesome. Yeah, yep. so that's where Boom. Spitfire Joy Juice came yep. from. Yeah, Abel Ebenezer being veteran known, they are great. They are probably one of the better, if not the best, storyteller uh, as far as breweries go. In best the storytellers. State. They're oh, yeah. they're they're the best storyteller uh, in the state as far as beers. If they won't put out a beer unless they've got a nice story to go behind it and. They really kind of led the oh, charge. That is so freaking so different. That good? is wildly refreshing, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It cuts through everything. Oh it really brings gosh. a lightness back to it. I've got to make but room in my fridge now. It's got yeah. enough flavor to still stand up, you know, to the to the tobacco. Mm. Um, so oh. it's, it's a nice way to really, really clear your clear your palate. Yeah. Like I said, these guys are fantastic. I'm glad you're having them on. They have a fantastic smoked IPA called Burn the Ships um, that I think will pair a fan. You know, That'll be awesome. Yeah, when they come on. I remember Doug talking about this beer. Uh, yeah, we must have just. We, been, yeah, we were in the process he, of brewing it. Yeah, he said he was just he was going to visit them to collaborate to make this. Yep. And uh, we actually, so my girlfriend and I went to your brewery about a, maybe about a month or so ago. We had this at the brewery. She liked it very very much and brought a four pack home and we just had it and uh, it. I, I think it's been phenomenal. That, I really really do. One of the cool things about this style is that shelf life is extended as opposed to. What you get with your current IPAs, especially, or even you know some of your other beers, like uh, even a Winnie Amber. Winnie's got great legs as far as uh, shelf stability goes, but these sour beers can hold up, you know, year plus, easy, sometimes multiple years, depending on how the souring technique is done, whether it's kettle sour or wild. But it's uh, it's really cool to also see how these kind of evolve and change over time. When they're fresh, you'll get some nice, obviously, like you'll get some big notes, and then as the beer gets a little bit of age on it, um, it things some things will mellow out other things will come to the front so it's kind of a cool experiment when we do these beers i always bring a four pack home and drink it fresh and then i drink bring a four pack home and i put it in my beer cellar and then i'll crack it uh you know as time goes on 
So yeah, so the way so this is called a kettle soured beer. So the way this beer is made is pretty interesting. So you go through the traditional mash process, mm-hmm. where you basically kind of make a big oatmeal with all the grains and, and the hot water, and you steep it, and you you convert all those starches over to sugars. <clears throat> then you transfer it to your your boil kettle, and you actually inoculate it. You inoculate it with a bacteria that then starts creating the acid. And we let that sit until it hits a certain pH point. It's usually about 48 hours that it takes to create, you know, the acid level we're looking for. And then we turn that brew kettle on and we boil it and we kill off, you know, the bugs essentially that provided the acid for us. Right. Brew it like a regular beer. So this beer takes multiple days to brew. Okay. So it starts one day, you know, if, you know, you go into the next step about, you know, 48 hours later. Um, and then it goes into fermentation. And then during fermentation is when we add all the peaches to it. And it starts fermenting the sugars in the peaches as well as the sugars mm-hmm. that we've created in the beer. And this is what you get at the end of it. You all right. Let me tell you, I am, beer. I am so glad that I had to start a new bowl with this. <laughs> yeah. Because the sweetness yep. at the beginning of the bowl yep. just completely pairs with this it does the other i mean that the 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 winnie went great all the way kind of through the bowl but this in particular the the peach and the other stone fruit kind of flavors in this it's amazing it's like a sweet sour bread yeah that i'm getting out of Mm. sweet sour bread (laughs) you created a new thing (laughs) with a A new thing paul with a gentle raisiny spice oh (laughs) gentle raisiny spice i love that this this is this beer pairs perfectly with this tobacco. Yeah. Without oh a doubt. God. I love the Winnie Amber, but this beer absolutely pairs it, perfectly. That's why I wanted to bring these two, yeah. because they're oh two wildly oh, different beers in oh. flavor we profiles. we got to get Paul saying Paul. Paul, there you go. You get, you're getting a, you're getting a photo. Oh, Paul. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, we got to get that. When Paul created the word. Sweet sour Sweet, bread. Sour Sweet bread. sour bread. With a spicy mm. raisin. Mm. With a spicy raisin kick. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. The, the, the I, mean, peach, I would buy that in a beach shop. The, the peach shop. and the raisin, it, it just goes. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Perfect. And, and, and really the key to kind of making these beers enjoyable is to oh. balance that mm-hmm. sourness with kind of that sweetness of the peach. Sweet and, and sour is one there. of those things. You know, it's yeah. just, you, you, it's, it's easy to go. It's, it's easy to go too far pairing. one way, but you know, when you get that balance, right. nice, this was like, really if this was a, if this was a complimentary pairing, this is a contrasting yeah. pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it goes uh, uh, unbelievable. I don't know. It tastes like, it tastes like McDonald's sweet and sour sauce. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> we could put that on the advertisement. Yeah. McDonald's sour? nuggets label. Is that, a, yeah. is, that, is that targeting children? Really? Yeah, 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 targeting it could be targeting children. children. <laughs> yeah. Does it come with a free prize? Yeah, it does. come with a free prize. Yeah, it's a free prize. Yeah. Part of the Happy Meal? Six packs, six nuggets. This reminds me of the Happy Meal I had when I was a kid. Yay! So we we actually ran into a problem where we got a We've only once, I think, had a label denied. Yes. PJ, yes. You tell, tell the story about denied. So we were out. Uh, we without, without using any names. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the names have been changed to protect you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> From time to time, we'll work with uh, local establishments and do a custom beer for them. If, you know, batch size, if they can get through it and we can brew it and keep it fresh, it's great. So we'd always worked with this one particular account for years. And uh, what they took, they had, uh, we private labeled the beer is the industry term for it where we took one of our existing liquids, they gave it their own name and sold it as their own at the restaurant, kind of like, you know, their own yeah, sure. pale ale. Yep. So uh, we ac- actually ended up getting rid of that liquid. We just felt that, you know, we had other liquids that uh, better represented us in the current state of the market, that we were, we just stood by more, was, they were more timely relevant. 
So anyway, we got rid of that beer that they used for their private label. So we said, well, what do we do? So we went going back and forth with that particular account, and they came up with this concept called the Juice Box Series, mm-hmm. which would be a ro- you know we talked about a rotating uh, New England style IPA, juicy, hazy, juicy, which hazy. are the words you typically yeah. use to describe those, those are the common adjectives you would find when describing New England IPA. So he was like, let's take a, a spin on that and call it the Juice Box Series. So we were like, all right, that's great. So we had our graphic designer design this label art. Uh, it was perfect. Had a you know, it was kind of almost uh it's cartoonish with a lot of bright colors on it you know and then it had a nice juice box you know in that cartoonish you know style right right on right on the (laughs) state new hampshire comes back no 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 no, no. i don't i don't think so can't market towards kids (laughs) and years ago so we ended up you know evolving that into we we found a name that worked that we could build a brand and a label design a label around that would be acceptable for the state juice demon I would say the, <laughs> I would say the current name, but it gives, it gives away the it gives away the name of the establishment, which well, I you know I think we can give the name of that. So yeah, it's, it's so, a fantastic beer. So. so yeah, it's it's now juicy as tuck. So it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> amen. Which, so, which, which which we do with the Tuckaway Tavern yeah, and, yeah. and um, Hop and Grind, Hop and Grind, the, uh, the Burger uh, Bar. So yeah. um, and this con- you know it was great concept, but we figured out how to get still get it done with still staying true to what we were trying to convey. <clears throat> So juicy as tuck worked and you know this was our first experience you know with going through this label denial from the state because of that specific reason that's awesome um we had heard years earlier a, a large brewery that i'm sure everybody's familiar with founders ran to some issues with their breakfast out yeah and right selling yep. uh bottles and actual package you know bottles and cases of that to new hampshire was allowed to come in on draft mm-hmm. but it wasn't allowed to actually come in in bottle because of the baby eating the bowl of cereal portrayed on the label but Thanks to uh, a nice uh, and one, you know, there's an account that's always been craft focused uh, in in the area, and he worked with the state. I mean, everybody wanted it. The distributors worked with the state, and they were able to find some cite some other sources of wines that also had featured babies on the label that the New Hampshire Liquor Commission had let slide through. So they were finally able to get the beer registered in New Hampshire, but it took them a few years. I'd say at least two, three years to get this wow. beer for sale. But, but this state. is why I also think you guys are at the tip of the iceberg yeah. in, in mm-hmm. this industry. If you can put a baby on a beer label, good luck. Well, like You're, you're going to have quite a bit. Just to in, add to that, I think like, whenever, whenever an industry blows up, it's blowing up because you have new people creating new companies. Yeah. And they're going to be like, well, they haven't done this. Let's do this. And maybe the reason why they haven't done this is because they know better, yep. you know, and that's that's the thing where the the learning lumps have to happen. I feel, and I feel like this is that occasion. I think one of the other things you have to realize though is there's going to be people that get in this industry purely for a cash grab. Yep. And their their goal is to get in, make some money, and get out. Get out. And yep. either whether they Hedge sell funders. sell sell to somebody else, and that. Yep. And, and at Charlie's point, that's what he's afraid of in the in the article yep. here. And I, I almost think, like any industry, it's unfortunately inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, at at, yep. at yep. some point in time. You can delay it and delay it and try, but eventually it's going to happen. And what I think what's going on is they're taking aspects of marketing that they know work in movies and music and television right. and print and radio, or maybe not radio because it's not visual, but they're taking racy aspects and things mm-hmm. that are a little tongue-in-cheek and trying to see what they can get to grab people's attention, make them gravitate towards it, and create the buzz. And people writing articles on it is only going to vindicate and make them more money. Right. I mean, if, if really, if, if people want to not if people aren't in support of these the best things to do is just leave it alone don't talk about it right i mean the more attention you draw to it the more successful they're going to be unfortunately yeah, right. or yeah. fortunately for that's what, often what how it works yeah, yeah. i, I bet you i bet you're works. gonna see some really wild bands come out 
because that's kind of like label shopping. You go into a you go into a big humidor now, Superfly, and you you know oh you don't gosh. you don't know what a Davidoff <laughs> so, is. You don't know you know you don't know a Davidoff from a, anything else, right? I, we're gonna you, get you're, to you're, that with the, the, the second half with the street yeah. You, you're gonna here. you're gonna look you for know, the brightest it's, it's you know it, most it, captivating well, thing. You l- can look find. at the um the Supreme Leaf. Like that thing points out across the humidor. It's like bright orange, yellow, and like this purple. violet color. Purple. Yep. I, yep. I, I will say I am so super guilty. The only reason I found the Placencia Almaforte <laughs> is because it had a that I don't know what it's called. The Black unique, and gold label. Yeah. Unique. The unique shape. What had like the yep. what the six sided box press? Is it the, they have so the, yeah, the hex press? Yeah. The and hex then press? what's the other one? That's uh, that's Figurado, the the generation. That so I saw that one. I was like, that's the coolest yeah, cigar I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I bought it based on the, the look. look. The look the of look. it. Uh, so I'm, I took my craft beer purchasing, you know, so much, and I and I applied it to cigars. So much of cigars. why people buy things is because of the look, the visual. It's one. Of, it's one of the reasons, you know, that that I love doing blind tasting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, bringing it, you know, into the the pipe world. You know, we we've at, at, we do a pipe club once a month at Twins, the second Saturday of the month, and the last few weeks we've been doing months. Um, we've done blind tastings and it's been really interesting it's because stuff fun. that's considered to be top of the line stuff, mm-hmm. the best of the best, when you smoke it blind against something else and all that packaging is gone and all you're looking at is the tobacco, it doesn't always, it does sometimes, but it does not always hold up. Right. Yeah. We do this all the time. Yeah. Uh, all the time we're bringing in beers and we did it the past few weeks dan's been doing some really really fun experiments um with with some beers and we're all going into them blind and the results are sometimes super surprising mm-hmm. it, it's yeah you, i mean that's as a as a manufacturer of a product that's how we try to stay relevant yeah so what i'll do is i'll and i'll do multiple um so say say we're uh, testing ipas mm-hmm. right okay I want to, our IPA, you know, is, uh, what's the ABV of 7.3. 7.3. So I'll find anything within, you know, that seven to like seven and a half range that sells similar to ours. And I'll get all those beers and that you can get in this market. Try to line up the can dates yep. as close as you can. Line everything up. What's, what's get the stuff ABV as close. of this ale? Uh, this is a lighter one, right? This is oh six point nine. No, exactly. It's actually right? a little more. It's got a little yeah. more punch than I thought. Yeah. But we'll we'll blind taste across <laughs> everything, and we'll put I'll put ours in there, you know, just so we get completely mm-hmm. honest, you know, feedback from it. And that mm-hmm. we've always done it like that. Yep. We've always developed For better or worse. Yep, developed yep. new products like that. And yeah, sometimes if we bend it up on the bottom pile, that's the time to shake yourself loose and say, okay, this we need, need to work on it. Yeah, yeah. We, we may think it's it. good, but it's not good enough. Yeah, because right. if, if the competition's better, we need to figure out how to exactly. make it right. You know, that, I think it's a great it way to stay honest. Yeah, it we, we, and it's it's something we try to do on a regular basis. It mm. keeps you humble, keeps you keeps you growing, and it's you know you you, know, you never want to you know with beer you want and I'm sure with cigars and pipe tobacco too, it's consistency is very important. Yes, but so is putting the best product you possibly can forward. So at some t- at some yep. point you're like, well, we want to be consistent, you know. But so sometimes we'll lay out changes gradually, and we'll set a plan and say we'll make slight tweaks here and here. Here's the grain tweak. Here's the water profile tweak. Here's the hop tweak, and we'll gradually do them. Other times, we're just like, let's just go all out and just do it overnight. Mm-hmm. And like the next batch, we'll just sw- switch it all up. And it's there's you know sometimes it's, there's no right or wrong. It's just mm-hmm. kind of what you know how important is it to you, and how quickly do you want to get this you know these changes across? Because if you gradually make a tweak, it could take a year to execute. Sure, you know. 
do you see a lot of new brands coming into market? Is is that become quite the thing recently? Or yeah, and one of the interesting points here, I think, is that uh, labels, you know, and cigar bands mean a lot. Yep. I think you know, you know, one of the brands that comes to my mind is Rocky Patel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. His banding of the cigars. Sometimes they're multiple bands. Yep. Um, I think of the Rocky Patel white label, which, you know, has a huge band on it. The 60. The 60. Yep. You can't even see the cigar anymore. Yeah. It's all label. Yep. It's all label. It's all band. It's yep. all, you know, there. it's white with gold and it, it totally pulls your eye to yep. it. Right. And, and it, it's, you know, the white label, for instance, is a fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dollar cigar, depending on the size, yep. and the band kind of gives you that idea that it's worth it's this premium. much. Yep. It's worth this much because we've put gold on it, we've yeah. put silver on it, we've put all of this work into into the art yep. of of the band, and it and it does. It, it sells stuff, and you're like a seventeen dollar Rocky Patel. Are you freaking serious? Oh, CLE did that too with and, the signature. You know? Yes, they did it with the yep. signature, yeah. and and you know it it pulls your attention to those things, and I I think that's why that's why they do it. You know the 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 um, Placencia uh, Almaforte to your to your point, it's this beautiful black and gold. You know, there's the regular band, which is larger. It looks and elegant. A, and then there's a elegant. put band, black and gold. Yeah. It it screams to you. And then you go to the cigar and you realize, in the case of the Sixto, it's a completely different shape than you see anywhere else. Right. You, you almost, you have to buy it because yeah, yeah. there's nothing else like it. But the yeah. cigar looks like a bar of chocolate. It and looks like a bar of chocolate. And that's how we describe it. And it tastes like a bar of chocolate. I mean, the box is black. Yeah, yeah. the cigar <laughs> is black. And how cool is the box? The label Ew, is black is and gold. Awesome. Yeah. You're mean, actually it, only it, seeing so half the it, box. Yeah. Uh, so that's my thing is like, yeah. so when we sell cigars to people, we use stuff like it tastes like chocolate. It's creamy. You know, if you are using adjectives that, yeah. Yeah. So then how is it different if you put a label that has an ice cream cone on it because then it's not the tobacco is telling you cream chocolate it's just a label and you perceive that how you want to how is that any different that's it's you're that's just marketing uh, the, yeah you're my, marketing yeah and then no here's, so even here's, further here's, to that point going beyond that because this, this goes into the, the next itself. topic so now you have cigars in my opinion are in a protect protected environment so mm-hmm. typically now in this is kind of a jab at the traditionalists. You can go and see Macanudos in a gas station. Anyone can walk in a gas station. But these newer age cigars that have these, like, you know, elaborate branding, they're only in B&M's 21 and up. So you mentioned your point, but that was that's the next, like, umbrella of conversation I want to have is, like, with beer, you know, you can walk into a supermarket and be five and see beer. But you can't be five and then walk in a tobacconist shop and see whatever. Can kids come in with their discussion. parents if they're supervised? Like I know at bars you can bring in. A, yeah, well, yeah, but then they're supervised and it's you can't just. But walk, but you know uh, well, I mean? in a state to state, but New Hampshire, yeah. I mean, you walk into a gas station and you can see some wildly, you know, colorful, bright popping labels in their mm-hmm. beers. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, mom, I want that. Well, no, you can't. It's a beer. Yeah. And the adult mags. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, to, to the God, point though, just... like like take take something like Big League Chew. Yeah, bubble gum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right. That is designed and formatted to be like 
uh, chewing tobacco. tobacco. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's shredded. Right. It's shredded to be like that. Those gums are owned by the guys that make the chew. Interesting. Okay. I never knew that. that I never knew is, that. So that's just that's that getting is, that customer base that early. That is huh? very, you know, that's marketing to kids. kids. I remember okay. the beef jerky, uh, the beef jerky that used to come in the tins, mm-hmm. like a tin of dip. Oh, well, I, I love that like stuff. stuff. That was man. great. That was awesome. And I would, yep. I would oh. use that when I was playing baseball as a right? kid. Candy would, cigarettes. Candy cigarettes. Candy cigarettes same yep. thing. Yep. Candy cigarettes. The same thing. Now here, my, my problem, and I do have a big problem with uh, Charlie's article, is not so much the content of it but the method in which he chose to deliver it correct as an editorial yeah and not only that it was an editorial that he says um he says here that he was asked you know uh, um uh it, it, let me let me read this to you and this is uh from uh, charlie minato's uh, editorial from march 1st he says over the weekend uh jazz some crawl sent out a press release announcing a new line of flavored cigars sold under the Munchies name, with the first flavor being Rocky Road, and images of chocolate ice cream with marshmallows on the packaging. It takes a lot for me to have a visceral reaction to a press release announcing a cigar, but this was one of the few moments over the last decade where that happened. It upset me that we at Half Wheel are being asked to participate in promoting a product that is almost certainly going to be destructive toward the industry as a whole. Quite frankly, a product that will probably cause my business some pain at some point in the future. Uh, I think it's causing it now, Charlie. Uh, But so rather than writing a news story about it, here at Half Wheel, it is getting covered in the form of an editorial. The full press release is at the bottom of this post. And that's my problem. He's yeah. My problem he... is that instead of just releasing this and putting his thoughts in a Facebook post, a Twitter post, a blog post, he is using Half Wheel to express his opinions on this when really I think Half Wheel is supposed to just, like any other news organization, tell you the news yes not their opinion of what is being covered or what is happening but just give you what is happening and yeah editorials are about opinions but he has specifically said this is how they've chosen to cover this press release Mm -hmm. and using the editorial as a press release and basically damning what these people have done, who have worked hard, who have put everything into it, who have gotten the permissions, whatever they needed to put out. Whether you agree with it or not, you should just do the press release. It's not it's not the press's job to say, this is the kind of news I like to cover. This is not the kind of news I like to cover. Your job as the press is to cover the news. And let us know what's going on, not you know. Let us give your give your opinion on it and say, "Here's what came across my Mm. desk to tell you is news. Here's why I think you shouldn't do it." And 
here's the press release at the end. It should have been two separate things, and frankly, it should have been done on two different platforms. It should never have come out on half wheel. For the, uh, And I think, Pat, you, you hit the nail on the head that now the FDA has fodder. Whereas if he if Charlie had just put this out on some other platform as his opinion, maybe they wouldn't. But now it is the official statement on one of the most official uh, um, news outlets for the cigar and pipe industry that this is what he thinks this can be used. And I think he's he's literally done the thing that he did not want to do, which is to give the FDA ammunition to use against the industry. Yep. More so than the company that has released the Rocky Road cigar pack. That's my big problem. Yeah, plus it's, it's not it's so much his opinion, too. but how he how the method in which he chose to deliver it, I think is not professional at all. It's not newsworthy. Yep. Does that make sense? <laughs> and then I that article that. was viewed, I would assume, more than a traditional article that he does because mm -hmm. it, th this thing blew up all over the industry. Like, everyone's been talking about this for the past week. So this little boutique company that made this brand that he's trying to, you know, condemn now has had all of these people not only see the editorial but the packaging and the mm -hmm. product. So he, he I, that's why when I'm looking at it, seeing all these flaws of doing it, like I just don't understand why it was posted. Like it, it just like I was so confused after I read the fact. My, 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 my feeling on this is twofold. I, I agree with you, Dan, 100% that he should have done it. Just keep just do what his job, do the review and let the people decide. Right. right. But I also think, too, that Jazz Sim Crawl knew exactly what they were doing. Mm -hmm. I think they said if we mm -hmm. if we give them this cigar and packaging to review, they knew it would cause an ire. They knew he was probably going to do more than just a normal review because of the packaging, because of exactly what's been going on with the industry yep. for a number of years. Yep. And and it, at the end of the day, who's going to end up winning out? They are. I was say, because now they got so many people eyeballing this article and eyeballing the company. I never knew who this Jasmine Crawl company was until that article. And you want to smoke that cigar now. You, now, what now the hell it tastes like, I right? mean, me personally, I don't like sweet cigars, but I'm more intrigued by them now mm -hmm. than ever before. Mm -hmm. yep. So whoever and, wrote that article is going to, or the editorial is going to get a great uh, Christmas gift this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice big box of cigars. He's, get, he's getting a nice <laughs> Christmas card and a box yep. of cigars. Oh, yeah. Now, oh, yeah. to Dave's point, you know, I look at the marketing of that particular package, and it, it it's so blatantly like oh, making yeah. it like food. Oh yeah, it's like oh come on, it's this is this is a little over the top. Yep. I I agree with that. I, I I see that point, but the the way that he chose to deal with this, mm -hmm. I think, is going to actually end up doing the thing that he was trying to stop. Yeah, yep. I agree with that just because of yep. his preface. Yep. If he had taken his preface and put it on social media and left the article to the article, mm -hmm. yep. it would have been completely totally different. And he's view. done that a yep. number of times as you, if you read hmm. the if you read the article, yep. he references a number of tweets that he's made yep. about these companies. It should have just been a link in one of his tweets and that would have gotten all of the it would have still gotten out there, would have still gotten all the play. But because he made, he put half wheel on the line with this and not just his own 
opinion. His own reputation, yeah. His yeah. own reputation. Now, now it's now it's how out many there. small cigar brands are looking at this saying, "Oh, you know what we got to do to get yep. some great publicity? Yep. make a big, mm-hmm. big let's, splashy let's, packaging. Let's send dance it on to the them. Edge. Let's dance on yep, the line. Exactly. See, yep. uh, my opinion of it though is, if you're in a B and M or you're on like a website that's you know age verified, I I don't think you should have any regulation in your advertisement because you're not the minors are not welcomed on those platforms and they can't walk yeah. into am i 21 yes yes the fda approved that so to their standard that's sufficient to keep minors off the website so whether or not they do that that was held well, to they, be okay. So that's not even an argument because they the don't FDA even do that on Pornhub. Come on now. So it's the point is, <laughs> Come on, it's not even an argument. It's to the FDA standard. <laughs> to, to the FDA standard, the website being age verified is sufficient to be an adult only platform. So if you have a protected mm. space like that, I don't think there should be Maybe any standard. Jingle. It only took two and a half years for Pornhub to be <laughs> Good run, boys. <laughs> Good run. Yeah. It's all and downhill from here. Padron is signing up. <laughs> Thank you very much. I need to get that little jingle. You know. And then with that being said, too, is Half Wheel age verified? Because I haven't had to put my age in. Nope. No. It's but even not. if so, the website so now, is age verified, those products are on the shelf yeah, so at stores. Half and, wheel, you know, and this is my other argument now. Verified. Half wheel is not age verified. Therefore, you assume minors can access half wheel. Now you're using chocolate and all these other notes that they're condemning on branding on a platform that can be accessed by anyone for cigars. So, again, loopholes in this argument. To me, that makes no sense how that's okay, but then you go into a 21 and up area that has an ice cream cone on it, now you have a problem. Yeah. You don't walk by a brick and mortar and see an ice cream cone advertisement, like come inside and see. No, there's no outside advertisement. You have to walk yep. in the building and be legally present to see this stuff. So that, that that's why, like, this whole thing just confuses me. I don't yep. understand why it's a thing. And to your point too, Pat, you know, if you read any of the reviews of cigars on Half Wheel, you will constantly see things like chocolate yep. or cake yep. or mm-hmm. cereal or, yep. you know, any other, you know, kid-related stuff. Fruity pebbles. Uh, fruity, you know, <laughs> fruity or whatever. It, it's all there. Banana. So, it, and like, I would argue the only way a minor would have seen this new Munchie cigar is off of Half Wheel because it's not age verified. So the, it's like they put this advertisement for this cigar out of this packaging on a venue that isn't, you Age know, anyone verified. can see it. Yeah. So it, I, I, it's yeah. Just, I, I don't know how yeah. I get it. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I think it was – I think there were – you know, Charlie, in my opinion, is certainly entitled to his opinion, and he's entitled to state it. And And I think, you know, in the article, he does make some good points. But I think th- – you know, there are a number of ways. That's another one, Pat, where I think you can you can show that um, the way he chose to do it was maybe not the best place or the best method uh, to do it. And I think it's going to cause more harm than good based on that. Um, we need to get to a third <laughs> we're, we're almost an hour and a half in, guys. Oh, <laughs> we're we moving over to this before we the third. 
I, I know you're excited to get home, Dave, but you're, you're going to be here for a while. You're going to be no, here I for a long this, while. we got this, a long way to go. This was friend. always going to be a long We know this is going to be a two-plus-hour <laughs> well, episode. I just want to say that I'm surprised that Half Wheel isn't age verified because on Steam, like, I'm a gamer. And really? every single time I go <laughs> on Pornhub too, Dave. <laughs> that explains the Pornhub. So every every single time I look at a new game. Is 603 it's, website it's, uh, H verified? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Every single time Steve I look at a new game, people. I have to put in my date of birth. Every single time. Even though I've been a member of Steam for like since its inception. You know, I have to every time they don't remember it. I have to put in my date of birth every single like, every time I want to watch a preview for a game that's like mature or or seventeen or anything over G. You know, I have to put in my age verification on a, on a video game system. Now, why isn't it like that anywhere else? Well, let's be honest. Does that really prevent anybody from seeing anything? God. It's purely no, just no. a legal maneuver. No, no, it's just no. go to YouTube yes. and watch all the videos anyway. I mean, there's really no. Well, you have you know, to have if you were if you were signed into a child's account, where if you set that when you create the account uh, oh, with Google, uh, you have to put in the age of the person watching. I mean, child's and that will it. filter automatically the videos <laughs> in which they're able to yeah, see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that so, if you that's have like if so, you have parental. So the, guides, the difference is is right. when the the adult hands their kid their phone, not wanting them to interrupt them or be a bother, and say, here, watch YouTube or something like well, that. Well, here, to your point, you know, like you have said, I think, before, you can just make your birthday whenever you want it. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know if it's still true, but it used to be you had to be at least 14 if, to if be you, on Facebook. You know, and they yeah, wouldn't give you, you an account. The account. And wow. so, so but, who's the parent? But who's... But who's who's going to create the count? You know, in this age of phones and everything, everybody just says, "Well, I'm this age," you know. But now, here's the thing: Does that constitute as marketing to minors? If you lie about your age, right? Is that marketing to minors? If they then see, "Ooh, look, Rocky Road cigars. I want to go get those." I I would say no, because even if you lie on a website. And they end up sending you cigars. You, as the minor, can be prosecuted for getting those. And, you know, again, you as the cigar company sending can, can but, be cross. But at the same time, if a minor did get onto that site and bought a cigar, what are his chances of buying a Placencia versus a Rocky Road. Well, it, it, again, to the point, you I, know what, we're, that's, we're swaying that's, that's off the relevancy. The FDA approved 21 and up websites, so you have to act as if that's like a protective barrier. So you can say what ifs or whatever, but that is sufficient. So we can go off on these other like hypotheticals, but that's the standard. So from what the FDA is looking at, 21 protected website means minors are not buying products. Which is going to make it very difficult to regulate. Yeah. Exactly. And that's very why, difficult. like, I think in the craft beer, you guys run into these hurdles a lot because you're but, in a venue that can be accessed by right. popular people. And you, people. you should see the level of labels that we that now exist being either... Even cereal. Yeah, very much towards... Yeah, they look like cereal. They, slushy. In slushy there's, cereal. There's slushy beers. There's all sorts of mm -hmm. things. You'd have no idea that there were alcohol on it. Milkshake beers. Yep. And then, you know, the other... There's another slightly darker end of the uh, the spectrum where to get attention, 
the label or the product or the name will be highly sexualized. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised yep. if you're going to see that in the cigar industry as well. You're looking, well, they're looking so for shock value at this point. That, to get the that consumer, note, to get on that the note, there was up. one argument that Pravada made that I unfortunately found pretty valid. And it's that they're... <laughs> <laughs> so I am a huge Fuente guy. I Fuente, love Carlito. No disrespect to Fuente. Yep. And they did say that, like, you know, these traditional guys are pointing their fingers at them for their new venue of advertisement. But there is a cigar in the market that is called the Pussy Juice, and it literally looks like a female sexual organ. Yep. And he's like, so that's okay, and that's all pervy, but this is not okay because we're targeting youth with Cookie Monster. I mm-hmm. don't – Carlito is not a perv. He's not being weird. But I, I got the argument, and it's no disrespect to Carlito or, or Arturo Fuente, but get that. that was <laughs> – an argument that he made but that to I Dave, looked at. To Dave's point, though, <laughs> Pornhub <laughs> is not aimed at you. I mean, it's just you—it's adult, con- you know, calling a cigar pussy juice is an adult content thing. Yes, it's—it's it's not calling it Cookie Monster but or no, Big Bird. That's or- the flaw in the argument because now, if to their standard, if, if the, the Cookie ointment. Monster is advertising to minors. That venue of advertisement is the same for your traditional cigars. It's just they're following their regulations more closely than these new companies. But now that Pussy Juice cigar, under what they're claiming, can be advertised to minors now. So it, that, that's the, the flaw in the argument is that mm-hmm. they're putting the blame on this you know, younger generation of smokers when their argument is extending to the, them because it's the same venue of advertisement. I need crickets. All right. <laughs> It's time for a uh, I think break. It's, I think it's time for a break. <laughs> time for break after that one. We're gonna have we're gonna have a little two and a half minute break. We still have another uh, beer to go with a with the pipe tobacco, we and then have we have another the beer to go with the cigar. Yep. So we have a long way yep. yet to go, so, people. I just want to say, expect the break to go twice. Yes. So we're gonna need uh, it. There you go, folks. Thank you. Okay. Great. So we'll be back in about. Four, five minutes. Four and a half minutes. <laughs> four and a half, five minutes. All right. We'll see you when we get back. All right. Here we are. We're back. Unbelievable. I don't know how long it was for you, but for us, it was way too quick. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now we are doing our third pairing with the uh, pipe tobacco. And for me, it is my third bowl of the pipe tobacco. And we're doing a new barley wine. What What is this, Dan? So this is the 2022, uh, actually 2021, 2021 release of the barley wine. So the last time we were here, we got to drink last year's version. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2022. This is this is this year's version. Um, again, what you're going to taste is big, huge malt forward flavors. Beer. Very smooth, very creamy. Oh, beer. Yeah. Oh. I mean, this right, really dances on the line between beer and cognac. Um, oh, yeah, that's different. Yeah. 12. So this is a this is a wow. Yeah, twelve point seven percent. Another this, one. This is a wild uh, a wild change again from what we were just drinking uh, to, to where we are oh. now. Oof. So barley wines typically that's awesome. Extremely malt forward. Um, you'll depending on the brewery and depending on who who brews it, you you'll get a nice hop characteristic when when fresh. That kind of gets muted and turns into a little bit of sweetness at the as they age. But oh, this is still fresh man. enough where you get. A little bit of that hot presence to it as well, but mm. the malt is again similar to the, to the Winnie Amber. The malt is the focus. That's the big one. Yeah. What, what's really the the wild difference is 
what you feel on your tongue right mm. away. So that sour wow. is, is kind of a real sharp flavor on your tongue. And then this comes and it's just like, it's like a paintbrush of velvet. It just kind of right? coats it, your whole it just... tongue. It's super smooth. It's very viscous. That's the, um, that's the word, Dan. Yeah. Wild. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it, I was going to say viscous. It, no, it, it, wild. It's, a fan, it's a fantastic, wild. fantastic sipper. Mm. Barley wines are one of these styles of oh. beers that have, a, have almost a subculture type following. Where it's oh. uh, it's not a, a style that the masses will gravitate towards, but the people that That's love barley wines, kind of like myself, are just they freak out over them. I'm, I'm a barley wine fanatic, and I oh. every time I see one, I've got to try it. Um, a lot of times, oh, those yeah. dark fruit notes, that big malt bill, um, they're they're typically a bigger beer anyway, so they're they're a lot of fun and pretty complex. But I gotta, I, gotta, I want to thank you guys for bring me back to the barley wine i was talk, talking to pj and dan earlier about how much in the past I, I would really appreciate a barley wine and i've only had it maybe about what six or seven times but i've had it more times with you guys <laughs> than i have in my entire life and thank you because this this is really i mean i haven't had barley wine before you guys came onto the scene uh, with with us here, I have not had a barley wine in years, and this brought it back. And I'm telling you, I really, really love this. Thank you, thank yeah. you, appreciate yeah. it. This, I... this beer took a ride. I mean, we brewed it. It spent uh, I can't probably nine to twelve months. I can't remember the exact amount of time oh, in, yeah, in about oak. A year. Just about a year in oak barrels, I believe. I can't remember the exact oak barrels we used on this one. Uh, we used a bunch of the Sagamores, and I think we had some uh, from Flag Hill Distillery in Lee, New Hampshire. And what's really wild is, you know, when you're aging multiple barrels, so each barrel, each wooden barrel, um, you know, it holds it holds around 55, 60 gallons of yeah. product when you yeah. put it in, and it does slowly evaporate over time while mm -hmm. it's aging. Um, but what's neat and really where you know doug who you got are the head brewer who you met last time mm -hmm. um this is really where his skill set comes in because what we'll do is we'll sit down and we and this is the hard part of the job yeah you know, <laughs> this is the this is the tough part but we will taste each barrel individually yep and we'll decide which are the best barrels we won't necessarily use every barrel okay so we may just take some barrels we'll put it off to a side project or something like that mediocre we'll, yeah we'll, we'll just take the you know the ones that we like the most and able to blend those barrels together it, to it, create this product and it's it's really neat and if anyone's ever done this with spirits where you get to actually taste directly from a barrel it is wild mm -hmm. how the, the the variance that you can get in flavor profile yep. the same liquid went into it but it can be very different coming out of it based on just the life of that barrel what was in it right for right. how much char it has how much time you've given it um and, and doug doug does a fantastic job his palate is second to none um and he blended a beautiful barley wine this year and so we're did. really to find him it. by the way uh so so uh, <laughs> california indeed yeah yeah, yeah we, it's a we, long way to go i mean we we yeah. spent about um four or five months yeah. looking for our, uh, a head brewer and doug was originally a new hampshire <laughs> kid he grew up here and then he ended up out in San Diego. He was um, an R&D brewer at Ballast Point and worked mm. with a lot of different breweries out in San Diego. And he was looking to come home. We were looking for a new head brewer, and we clicked right off Could, the bat. Couldn't have picked a, couldn't we, have picked we, a better couldn't guy. Couldn't have picked a better guy. Awesome. Personality-wise, we line up so well. Um, he's yeah. fantastic. And, you know, we like to say Doug brought fun back to beer yeah. at 603. And when Dan touched on his palate, but it is unlike anybody I've met. I mean – he picks up on the smallest little nuances and is able to 
communicate and elaborate on them, which is sometimes the toughest part for for myself. Right. Is I, I know a flavor. I said it earlier. I was like, I knew that I knew that aroma when I was smelling this tobacco, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Doug just gets it. It's he he can he, he picks up on it and can quickly identify it, which is easy to then communicate and talk about and, and build upon. And when Dan mentioned picking up, you know, going to each barrel and tasting the juice in it and then kind of figuring out what we want to blend. It's not that tasting any of any of them didn't live up to our expectations, you know, traditionally. It's that there's certain flavor like that you're trying to get across with the style of beer that, you know, maybe if you have twelve barrels, maybe nine or eight or nine of them really hit that flavor point and you're like, I don't want to put these other three in there, you know, because it's nailed, I think, between these these eight or nine. Then Doug was creative enough to be like, well, what can I do with the other three? And um, strangely enough, so we're doing a – this is our 10th anniversary. We've touched on that and mentioned a couple of times that we've been in business for 10 years now. This year we are doing uh, for 603 Day, which is actually going to be on 604 this year at, at 603 Brewery. <laughs> Saturday. Um, yeah. 604. Doing, yeah. <laughs> 604. 604. 604. Um, Doug is doing a cuvee, which is just a blend of uh, different beers. So Doug is doing a cuvee with our barley wine and our Russian Imperial Stout yep. that is then aged in... We have it in multiple different barrels. So we're blending uh, essentially a Russian Imperial Stout with a barley oh, wine. Oh, you said yeah. the yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, to, to create man. this crazy one-off blend for our 10th anniversary. So the next episode two. will have that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a plan to me. Yes. Yeah. That sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, we're, we're really excited for I that. I am it's, needing my applause button. Yeah. It is. It, it's going to be fantastic. Is that on 606? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could oh, be. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll make sure to make that happen. So, yeah. So, you know, we use June 3rd is essentially our anniversary date. That's when we incorporated and became a brewery. And um, so we've always used that as our anniversary date. And on 6.03, June 3rd, we've always held a party. COVID has really screwed that up the last couple of years. So we yeah. are looking to put on a, a hell of a shindig this year. Nice. Um, we kind of shut down the block in front of the brewery. We have mm. bands. We have food trucks and uh, beer stations everywhere. So it's it's a blast. That'll be – so we have events going on all uh, all week there's beer dinners that week there's uh different fun events going on but uh, on uh, that saturday of the 603 week that that'll be the big uh that'll be the big show i'm at, sorry at, my at friend i literally just got that right now when I you know. said most people 603 was yeah, your June, anniversary June date yeah yeah oh, so ironically way to catch up god dave you know listen catch up last week my friend <laughs> <laughs> hey now! Ouch! Hey, 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 hey. Ouch! All right. Uh, conveniently yep. enough, we named the brewery 603, and also our anniversary happens to be June 3rd. Uh, great that's, planning. That's crazy. Yeah. Great planning. That's good, crazy. good, good branding. Yeah. Now, good marketing, <laughs> Paul. I I know that you know you kind of opened up the 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 whole show saying that this was probably not your favorite um, vapor. Nope. <laughs> now. And a great twist of irony, I, I, you know, I, GLPs is, you know, follows me, I follow him. Yep. And I'm going to say maybe, maybe a third of the posts that he makes has Fillmore in the background. Yep. He smokes this a lot. I can now, see why. You know, how are you thinking this goes? I know you loved it with the first pairing. I know you thought it went well with the second pairing. How do you think it's going with the barley wine here? 
And is this maybe changing your opinion of well, this blend? There's no question I'm changing the, the my opinion of the blend because of the beer. So the Winnie brought it brought it out, brought out those like those nice little bready notes. The uh Joy Juice brought out that nice <laughs> I'll call it again, sweet sour bread. <laughs> Love that sweet sour, sour bread. bread. The, sour bread. Sweet sour bread. Yeah. The, yeah. Ba- the barley wine is really making those earthy, woody notes stand yeah. out, without a doubt. And and again, it's really smoothing out the spice. The perique in that is, is I think, is the fo- is the focal point. It's really kind of amping up the the perique for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's that that deep malty uh, sweet notes is really kind of harnessing the. Uh, the perique in this. So, uh, again, I look at the I look at the tobacco on its own, and again, on its own, I'm going to say, all right, it's it's okay. But all three beers has really brought out different notes. It's made it out. It's made it stand out in different ways. But um, yeah, with the barley wine, that 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 earthy, woody, uh, spicy notes is just awesome. That's kind of I a, just want to lick that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a bit of a testament to the blend too, right? Yeah, that it can play so well with you with know these, so many these different, different styles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think those dark fruit notes on the aroma too kind of complement when you're just bringing that glass up to your nose. It kind of kind of works when you get all those kind of commingling. Is yeah. that a word? Commingling. 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 I, I think it. I for me it um, because of the strength of the barley wine, mm-hmm. it kind of now downplays the tobacco a little bit. So the tobacco is a little more subtle, a little more smoother oh. um, because, you know, your, your tongue is just coated now. I yeah. feel like with, it, with that, it's a little bit more wine. sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that. It is. You know, sophisticated. It, is. It's, 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 it kind of brings your adultness back, mm. you know? I don't, maybe not. We'll bring you a slushy, <laughs> we'll bring you, we'll bring you a slushy beer from the cereal aisle yeah. next. <laughs> I felt like I was 12 when I was smoking this, but now I feel like I'm 21. Yep. I totally forgot that the uh, New Hampshire smoking age changed to 21, by the way. So you guys yes. are talking about it. Yep. You've got to stop being out to the guys those Now, for, for twins, <laughs> no, this... it's, that kind of made things easier. Because of the bar. Because, because of the oh, bar yeah. Yeah. over at Londonderry. We couldn't have people, you know, 21 upstairs. But you could have people 18 downstairs. And sometimes, you know, you might have people who might try and sneak. We're really good at They're... carting people um, at twins. And now it's kind of just leveled everything out. Twenty-one to get in the building. Yep. Period. And for us, that's made things. Yeah, easy. you card me every time. I'm it's funny because because <laughs> twins used to be eighteen or over to twenty-one. You could be in the lounge, but they couldn't be in the bar. Oh, oh so they could go up there. Once, and smoke the once they passed the glass doors, they were illegal. Oh. But then yeah, they made it so much easier once they made it to twenty-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I would like to know what Pat's thinking of the uh, barley wine. Yeah, where, Pat, where we, are we at, Pat? Where are we at, Pat? So I'm going to concur with Paul, but I'm going to add. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to add that it's a um, complementary and contrasting pairing. So it's complementing the palate, like it's giving you like this malty, like thick caramel texture, and it's also mm. like enhancing like those kind of plum notes I was referencing. But then the finish, it's contrasting of that kind. I think it's because of the wood barrel, the oak barrel. Is yep. It? Yep. Oak. yep. Yep. So it's, oh. I'm getting, interestingly enough, like kind of a clove flavor, and then it's bringing out like this clove. Clove. What are you, twelve? Well, it's like <laughs> clove and like said. very floral. I gotcha. Yeah. No, there's, there's, I got a little clove on that. 
and then it's just kind of bringing out this woody note then again the spice is still lingering on the palate but i think it's muted just a little bit on the finish but it's still there it's kind of like a texture I yeah, like I how definitely the, get the spice. On the I like how the yeah. spice. I get the spice from the tobacco. Then I sip the that velvety mouthfeel from the barley wine. Smooths just it all coats out. it. And yeah, like, see you later. Smooths it right out. And it kind of yep. it's like, oh, I want to do that again. Mm -hmm. Do we only have two bottles of this? Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you wanted more. Well, it's gonna go kind of fast. <laughs> <laughs> are both it. bottles empty? They are now. <laughs> I got a little, uh, we got a little bit there. We got some. Oh, I got a little bit oh, there. Some, some swell oh, side. There you go. There you go. There you go. A little refill action there going on. Oh, you need a lot of refill, don't you? And a little splash. You get a splash. You get a splash. I do want to say one thing, though. You talk about Doug having an incredible palate and being able to, you know, dissect and, and diagnose certain things. Pat, I would say, out of all of us, has yeah. the best palate. That's why he, he He is able to dissect not only baking spice, my friend. But like simple, like little notes and 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 textures and and things that I have to like sit back and think about yeah. before I get it, and then I'll take his his notes, and then I was like, yeah, you're right, man. Yeah. So his palate is like super sensitive. There's a, and super mock. refined. That's great. There's things called a super palate, correct? Is that what it's called, Dan? Super taster. Super taster. Yeah. yeah palate. So, Pat's a super taster. There's yeah. no question about it. Yeah. There's some people whose taste, but I mean, and. You learn early on with beer through going through Cicerone training, things like that, that you, they tell you almost bring everything back to the adolescence. And right. what does it make you think of first thought? Don't, nothing, there's no wrong answer because your taste buds are not my taste buds are not Pat's taste buds. But, you know, some people are going to pick up on different things. Like he got clove. You might not get clove, but it doesn't make it wrong. It's just right. what your taste buds pick up right. on. Yep. And mm -hmm. there's people with taste buds that are so uberly ultra sensitive that they pick up on these little small minuscule notes and they can actually pick up on them and, and then you know almost enunciate on them whereas mm. somebody like myself it kind of maybe like you kind of almost has a difficulty sometimes putting your finger on what exactly that it is you're tasting sure. so it's great to surround yourself with somebody that has the ability to be like that's what i'm you know this is what i what i taste and then be able to identify it and be like this is what i'm getting from it and one of the beauty pots too is that Pat works upstairs at the bar mm. more than he works downstairs. Mm -hmm. Works? Right. I, I only see him just sitting yeah, he's, there. Yeah, he's You guys talk he's to a, him. He, he's, a, he's a tobacconist slash barback slash bartender. He, and, and his bartending is becoming more more and more now. But he he is now batting 1,000 in terms of the pairings that he's nice. been able to bring to the table. True. Nice. Because he's been able to say, hey, listen, this tobacco and this cigar will go well with this drink. And it's not just a simple scotch. It's like a, a cocktail. Yeah. And so he knows his palate is so sensitive and so refined that he knows exactly what what cocktail is going to go with the uh, cigar and tobacco. And he's been spot on. Pat's perfect picks. Yeah. Whoa! Whoa! Triple P. The triple P segment. Triple Here we P. go. Kudos, my friend. Thank you, Paul. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Timid Spice. That's all you're going to get from me for the rest <laughs> of the year. Spice. <laughs> Timid Spice. <laughs> Obtuse <I> fruit. <laughs> that's going on the soundboard. Oh, my God. i got to make a note. What time is it? Oh, that's cool. It is very interesting when you really kind of... Um, when you're into something like beer or liquors or cigars or whatever, or cheese, or, yeah, and, and you're really, you know, you start to refine your palate and really, oh, what's the difference between this and that? It's it's interesting how you can develop it. And we do something called beer school at the um, at the brewery, 
and it's it's something I I do with our uh, our beer hall staff, our I servers, marketing on, on on the front. <laughs> and, <laughs> but you know, you, you sit there and it's like, okay, you know, you do these little sips, and it's like, what do you taste? Tell me what you feel, you know. And um, it's just developing those palates mm -hmm. because when if you can start doing it when you're in your twenties. Like you are way ahead of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, then if you start doing it when you're, <laughs> Budweiser doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Very it's, good. Developing a palate is is a fantastic tool, mm -hmm. and some people have it, and some people, you know, are a little more obtuse uh, <laughs> in, in terms of in, ter in terms of their palates. But uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty fun, and that's what's. I think PJ and I have really enjoyed about um, really diving hardcore into cigars and now pipes with you guys. You're welcome. It's My wife is not happy. Just developing those flavor profiles <laughs> and, and, and being able to pick different things out and the kind of the subtle nuances of, of each each stick or each tobacco. All right. Now, continuing with the, the beer knowledge here, you know, Burr. one of the, one of the uh, things that we like to do is Pastor Padron Cigar Confessions. Mm -hmm. Oh, here we go. Confessions. And... What I want to do this week is uh, to mirror what I did last week and make it beer confessions. Beer. Oh, oh, I wish I had that. Oh. And what I want to know from you guys is, <laughs> what is one of your beer drinking pet peeves? Ooh. And by that, I Great mean, question. what is something you wished people started doing or wished people, for the love of God, would stop doing <laughs> So that they would enjoy their beer more. I thought this was going to be hard, but I got it. Interesting. Go, PJ. Go. I, I am tired of people rating beers. I am tired of it. There's been uh, <laughs> great resources. like a, It's an mm -hmm. app called Untapped. Mm -hmm. It used to be Rate Beer and Beer Advocate. Mm -hmm. And my biggest thing is who's to say your palate is like anybody else's? And who's to say you have the qualifications to judge a beer? And all of its flaws and what it's, what it's intended to be. Um, I quickly, when I got into this industry, realized that I am not qualified to rate beer. I am not qualified to score a beer. I can just tell you if I like it or not and why I like it or not. Yep. Right. But, I would rate every single IPA a zero. That's, you know, right. That's, <laughs> no, uh, now hold on a second, my friend. No, no, you, you love, that, that you love a session. It gets a one scenic, out of five. Scenic session. You loved it. One, that's, we, we will see the craziest things on, on our untapped feed. Like, you know, beer, you know, taste, take the Spitfire. Yes, taste of the maple, taste of the peaches, hate sours, give it a point zero two five. Right. And we're like, you just said you got everything out of the beer that we went out. <laughs> that we put in there on purpose. <laughs> but, you said, but you scored it a point two five because you don't like sours. Well, why did you buy it or why did you order it and yeah. why did you score it even if you did that? Because you're giving people a mis if you, it's not your style, that's right. one thing. Just say, not my style, it hits all the, all the aspects that it says it's going to, yep. I'm not going to score it because I don't. Well, know that's just that's just because people are stupid. Well, I well, if I, you. If, very, if I was scoring an IPA, I would rate it on how much I didn't like it. There you so, go. <laughs> this is a great IPA. I don't like it. Yeah. So that's <laughs> you why like, totally try this but, if you like IPAs. But one yeah. of my favorite, like, it's not even a reviewer. It's like kind of a. <laughs> I don't even know what you would consider it, but it's it's cigar obsession on YouTube. So he smokes a cigar and gives you his notes, but he doesn't rate it at the end. So if he has any critique to it, he'll mention it during like his the smoking experience, yeah. mm -hmm. but he won't give like a final review like this is like a X out of a hundred. Yeah, you know what I mean, right. 
Because so, what's his scale? How do you know what his scale is? Because like when I'm looking at a review, I mainly look at like what tasting notes were there, and that's kind of how I initially trained my palate was through Half Wheel and like other YouTubers. And I, I was like, okay, I can see where you got that from, and then you start looking at the regions and whatever. So I like unbiased reviews, and I just like even on Half Wheel, like I won't even look at the rating because like after you see what the tasting notes were and like whatever construction issues. That's, that's what appeals to the person. That's what I yeah. care about. Yeah. But then like because right. like there's some cigars I've had that I think are like in my opinion like you know 90s, but yeah. then I'll go on one of these reviewers and they'll give it like a 60 or a 70, and I'm just like, well, it's either we have no palate or you don't like this person yeah, like whoever why, owns the company you know what that's I mean? why so, like padron wins every year you know it's just... well I'll, I'll take what you just said dave just a step further because i know you had said it in the previous episode with the 603 guys here that you don't like ipas but at the dinner yeah the scenic because session it, it was, it was and a citrus the, right it was a different you love the, the citrus part of that ipa was, yeah. and that's that's the difference between that because it doesn't taste like because grass. I was honing in on what you don't like <laughs> yeah. about IPAs, and he doesn't like the bitter hops. Yes, and that's which is more West Coast. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's, the, there you go. Look at the ball go. So the the <laughs> can we, can the we say something about yeah, that? The yeah, East, I don't yeah. like the way California does things. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, nice. Wow. But see, now that's, wow. that's, that's the difference between a specific region of IPA and their execution and, of it. and yeah. Ex execution, and then the New England the, style. More the softer type of yeah. New England style and the Session IPA was more palatable to, to you because yeah. you like the citrus, and that's what mm -hmm. I like, too. Yeah. Um, it I, doesn't I, make I like, me want to wine. Right. I like all types of IPAs, but I really appreciate the New England style, you know, the Session, the light, you know, the hoppy, the, the citrus, the piney notes. And it's, so yeah. it doesn't mean you don't like all IPAs. You just don't like a specific style. It's, it's so yeah. funny. My, my dad is responsible for my, my love of beer. I'll give him full credit. My dad was always very encouraging of being in the beer from a young age but what when i first got into beer i was really really into the ipas and at that time all we knew were english style and west coast style so assertively bitter tons of you know the west coast is going to give you the big floral notes but a ton of pine ton of bitterness mm -hmm. same thing with the english style the english style and along with esbs as well yep. and my dad was like oh I, I can't i can't take i don't like ipas it's more hops than a, than a patch of bunnies which I, yeah. <laughs> but, so my dad was not an IPA fan, and then he discovered New England IPAs. Yeah. And he's yep. like, PJ, why do I like these New England IPAs? I said, because they're doing the exact opposite of what the IPAs you, you tried six years ago were doing. Six years ago, the goal was to be, make a beer as, as bitter and assertive as absolute possible. And then with New England IPA, so you would have beers that were breaking the IBU scale. IBU scales, international bitter, bitterness units, and all that does is measure the perceived bitterness on your palate from a beer and they say anything over 110 120 is intangible to your palates but there was beers coming out that were at 190 170 ibus which were just wrecking your palate these new england ipas come in and they're at 30 to 40 ibus it, it was green, green flash right green, green flash, flash literally had a beer called palate record yes. yep. oh and, yeah and one of the beers that i really got me into ipas was leather lips from haverhill brewing company i mean that one was right up there with Palette Record, where it's just like, you're like, you take a sip, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I need something else. It's too much. But it, yeah. Yeah. For, I, I'd say for me, we've, I mean, we, we adopted a saying a long time ago when it comes to beer and styles and never say never. 
You never yeah, know in no. this industry at this point what's coming around the corner, what you want to try next. We have brewed so many wacky things. And, I, and things and, that Dan and, thought we wouldn't. We I, I will say, I, I, am on a, I am on record on a podcast about five years ago saying the one beer we'll never brew is a sparkle beer. And <laughs> last year, last July. We, we brewed a beer, a sour called Sparkle Bomb, and we had <laughs> edible glitter in the damn beer. And it was it silly? Yes. What? But we were doing it. That was to, for kids. We were we were doing it, it to draw. We were doing it to Sparkles are for kids. Yeah, draw attention to a particular cause, and um, we'll probably brew it again this year. You know, that, you know. So at the end of the day, never say never. Yeah. I don't have any issue with anything you do to your beer. People are throwing. You know, I've seen people throw fried chicken in beer at this yeah, point. Well, you know, do what fine. you want to do. Is if there's a customer for it, fantastic. Right. I'd say most of my pet peeves at this point <laughs> would come from uh, more executional, operational things. I hate yeah. going to well, a bar and seeing a bartender, you know, sink the uh, sink the beer tap right into the glass and stuff like that. There's certain things, <laughs> certain ways you should be pouring and presenting a beer yep, that you yeah. know, it, just for the good of the the customer so, and the and the beer itself. I I wouldn't. Wait, One so thing I'd like to say with my kids is that, and my kids are like 21, so this is why I can say that. Um, uh, I have are they them actually tasting, 21, or yes, are they like and 21? I have I have them drinking I have them drinking beers, and I have them drinking IPAs, and they'll You're be forcing like, them. They'll be like, you know, they'll be like, oh, I don't like it, and I'll be like, why don't you like mm -hmm. it? You know, explain to me why don't you like it, and then think about, actually think about why you don't like it, right? Because there's a reason why I have IPAs in my fridge. And it's, I believe that even if I don't like something, I still drink it because. It's alcohol. No. <laughs> no, that's not the case. <laughs> I like to know what the bars set, you know? Yep. And it keeps, it, it, when you have something that you really like, is it really that much different? Is it really that I much drink separate? Three of these, I'll forget what you day know, it is quicker it, than if I drink three of these. That was only last Monday. Okay. <laughs> yeah, at the end of it, I think it's you just you Dave's drink, confessions. You, 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 drink, you, you drink what you enjoy. You drink what you enjoy and you smoke what you enjoy. Yeah. You know? Now to to kind of getting back around to the point. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> one of the reasons. Reach around by Dan. <laughs> one of the reasons that on this podcast we do not do a ratings system of what we're smoking or drinking is exactly for what you said, PJ. Yeah. That taste is taste. Yep. And I can't tell you, you know, even on, you know, I, you know. When it comes to facts, facts being what's in a blend, Half Wheel is amazing. They're one of the few companies that I completely trust for when they tell you what is in a cigar blend. Now, there's always companies and there's always things that they won't tell you for proprietary reasons. They want to keep things to themselves. But if something has been released... You can trust the fact that Half Wheel has fact-checked <laughs> fact itself, and it has produced the right thing. Yeah. That said, there are have been a number mm. of reviews on Half Wheel that I completely think whoever was reviewing the cigar was on crack. Because, <laughs> crack wheel. for instance, crack wheel. the, the CLE-THT-HKE-317, which we announced as 
our cigar of the year, our favorite cigar of the year, got what, a 74? Yeah. It was a 74. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think. On, so, on there. Wow. And to Both me, either, either they're totally on crack or they were paid to do a low review or they have something against We're calling Christian you Aroa. out, Half Wheel. I don't know. Calling you out. But I completely disagreed with the, with the review. Our customers but completely disagree. Our customers it. do too. Like that's a, to, it's just a fact. It sells off the hook. It is know, a great cigar. But <clears throat> one of the reasons we don't say this cigar is an eight out of ten, a nine out of ten, this pairing was, you know, e e even doing a thumbs up or a thumbs down, is because we just want to tell you what we think. And if you are listening to us and watching us, and you say, Dave or pat or paul or dan has my kind of palate then then you're just going to go out and try it you know but we, you know we just want to share what we're having out there and let you know what we think of it from from our perspective Absolutely. and with the pairing with our perspective that's the reason we aren't coming out and rating stuff is because rating is so subjective and then when you have the like hundred scale rating a cigar comes out with a 90 but then you go out and you read that no cigar has gotten anything below an 89 in the last <laughs> you know 12 years then you know there's really the scale is between 89 and 100 <laughs> yeah you know so what do you really what does that really tell you and that's so like my instead thing. of instead of getting into all of that stuff where you have to start thinking you know well you know, they said it was a 90. They said it was a 95. They said it was an 84. Well, an 84 is a solid B. Why wouldn't you go and, and try a solid B for 10 bucks or 12 bucks? You know, it, we're not going to do that. We're just going to tell you what the tasting notes were, how we enjoyed it, why we enjoyed it, what maybe we didn't like about it. But that's one of the big reasons we don't do that on this show. And to your previous point, like that's my pet peeve is like it, I, I think when you get like a high 80 or a low 90 rating, that should be a minority out of like your populace of reviews. But the minority is always like the occasional like 71, 72, and then everything else is in the high 80s. Like I, I don't understand how that's a thing because like like I smoke cigars and some of my favorite cigars I would put maybe in the low 80s. I've only had a few cigars like. Byron Poemas, for instance, like that's a 90 review for me. And even like some Opus I've had or whatever, like it, it's a good cigar and it's one of my favorites, but it's not something that I would put as like an A plus, you know what I mean? So the minority shouldn't be a bad rating. Right. So I don't know. Yep. Yeah, you never know what you get into, right? I had one this week that I think we were talking about. I did not enjoy it at all, but you had smoked it. I think a different version of it. Um, I don't want to say which one it was. It's the one I'm thinking <laughs> of. I've seen a lot of positive reviews on it. This yeah, week. and I've seen a bunch of positive reviews on it. Oh, I, was I like, know. You know what? Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. It, it just didn't hit my palate. Yeah, you yeah, know. It was, so a, like, it was Habano. Yeah, yeah I, I was like, I'm not exactly even going to finish this one. About. I, I yep. left. I left the cigar on there. I went downstairs. I got another one that yep. I knew I would love. I got a nice Padron 1926, and nice. you know, smoked yep. that. And I was like, oh, not Padron approved. Now I'm a happy guy. You know, now I'm a happy guy. But it really is. It's it's palate to palate. Exactly. And that's why I like what PJ said. It doesn't do any any service going on and trying to put a numerical rating onto a beer or a cigar or a whiskey yeah um, i will say like when we were talking earlier this week i first tried this and did we try this with the coffee or we tried with this, the coffee with the coffee and i was like oh, you know 
was okay. It was kind of spicy. And I remember, I remember looking at your face. You're like, hey, I didn't, didn't, didn't like that one, did I? But now tonight, oh, yes. pairing it with beers and yes. more richer caramely flavors, I, yep. totally different. I agree. I was not huge on this with the coffee. It was, and was way really, better. And we were kind of torn. We're like, beer, yep. beer, beer pairings were like, I just got a lot of spice. And I, I didn't. <laughs> I, got, I got, I with the coffee, I got way more pepper out yes. of it. I didn't get that kind yeah. of that creamy smoothness. Yeah. But once, the, once there was some sweetness in the mix, that really changed this tobacco. And, and that's why I think on its own, I mean, again, I love Vapors. I love Virginia Periques. And I, and I do like most of GLP's blends, but uh, I would say on its own, this is okay. But with, like just like you said, Dan, the 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 maltiness of the beers you brought, mm-hmm. the Winnie, the, the Spitfire Joy Juice, um, the barley wine has brought out so many different flavors of this tobacco that uh, I wasn't getting on its own. Um, everyone was different. It's just phenomenal. So kudos i mean I, literally the, the this is the why it's so this is why it's so important pairings are so important, pairings right are so important when yep. you when you have with tobacco um it doesn't matter if it's water or if it's a, right. a foolproof bourbon but this is, <laughs> yep. and this is yep. one of the reasons we like doing pairings with everything oh yeah it changes because everything it does it changes everything it changes how you perceive the drink it, it changes how you perceive what you're smoking yeah. and you know it, this is one of the things that I think makes us at Not Just Blowing Smoke stand out is that there are precious few uh, podcasts out there that are constantly doing pair Cigars might, uh, cigars, uh, podcasts might do pairings every once in a while. We do it all the time, every week. Every with, episode. Every episode with a cigar and a pipe tobacco. And I think that's really important. This is not only teaching you about the cigar, but it's teaching you how to enjoy the cigar or Different the pipe tobacco to yeah. with with what you like to drink. And you know, this week it's beer. Next week it'll be something else. I, but I, I Dan, I got a tell constant you. conversation. Yeah, you know? P- PJ and I, we really go out of our way to try it with as many possible drinks as we possibly <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we try I'm gin and tonic. Is that what you mean by you working today? Right, exactly. <laughs> I got a lot of shit for walking into twins. I'm too off in the face. We're trying beers. We're trying, you know, we try a little bit of everything with everything. So it's really just the research, putting in we're, the work. We're trying to make sure we pair, we do our homework and. Try as many pairings as we possibly can. I, 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 you know, I, mean, I do have to say one thing. It's our responsibility to drink as much as possible with this tobacco. It was Thursday at noon, and the bar just opened up, and we're at a meeting, Dan. Remember this? Yeah, yes, I do. And PJ comes in with a compadre, and he goes, I'm really working. We are. <laughs> Three days in a row. There's, <laughs> there's, been, there's been a lot, a lot of conversations and decisions yeah, made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan's like, what, Thursday? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, honestly, I don't think you understand how much no. business we actually. Yeah, we do quite I a bit of business in yeah. cigar yeah. lounge. And it, a lot of a lot of the part we, of our of our business is just concept is just conceptual. And yeah. just, Consuming what? Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, the nice thing about smoking a pipe, smoking a cigar, is you. It's gonna take a while. Yeah, yeah. and you have. <laughs> You 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 gotta yeah. slow down. Yeah. It's like this is not gonna be a five ten minute conversation no. where it's point point. It's like you know what? No. We're here for a bit. You better start exploring whatever idea you're talking about. And um, yeah, honestly, no. we we do quite a bit. There's quite a bit of creativity that happens and, over. And to that to that over point, a smoke. to that point, you know, I when I was actually pastoring full time, I got more work done at the cigar shop. <laughs> yeah. Than I did in my church office or at my house. 
Yeah. It was the most productive place for me to be because I, I, Dan, I just got to come to slow down. I got to slow down. I got to, you know, take time to focus on what I was doing. It was it, the only time it really got difficult was when everybody knew who I was. And they want to ask And they keep coming up and it. asking yeah. questions and saying, hey, can you stop but, working? Yep. That, yep. You know, and I had confessional to, at the cigar you, bar. Yeah, do you have to have a confession? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it got to the point at one point where where we had a, when I was working at a, at a previous uh, place, um, one of their employees had, had passed away suddenly. And they asked me if I would do a funeral for for them at the cigar shop. Oh, geez. at the cigar shop. And I'm thinking, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is how many pastors can say they've done a, a, a funeral at a cigar shop? Yes, I'll do it. I mean, I knew the guy. I loved the guy. I'd, I'd known him for years being a, a patron of the place. But, you know, it, it was that kind of thing. I mean, that was that was. At, you know, everybody knew who I was and what I did. You know, and, yes. And, and, before and ironically, he was Pastor Padron, he was Pastor Death. That's <laughs> true. Ironically, at uh, you know, the, at, at that point in my life, you know, when I was that at that other place, which shall not be named, just for the protection of the innocent, um, my hiding place was twins. And now I work here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little easier for us to have a conversation that's yeah, yeah. in our own tap room. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I think we need to get on to the uh, Rojas Sweet Tacos. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I think so. We still have a few hours before midnight. Uh, I, know. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're 10:02. We got to start. We're only moving we're only on to the second, right. second half. So, what what were our final thoughts on on well, this particular pairing here? Did you I, did you appreciate this one, Paul? For uh, Absolutely. I got, like I said before, Excellent. each beer brought out something different in the in the pipe tobacco. What this, was, what was your favorite? Fantastic. I'm curious what everyone's favorite was. All right. I will say the Joy Juice was my absolute favorite. Yeah, because Spitfire. It, 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 it brought out a lot of the notes that I wasn't able to get in the cigar. You know, that nice, earthy, sweet, bready notes. Um, the Spitfire. nice, you know, citrus spice. The Although the barley wine, I'll tell you right now, if you really want a nice, earthy, woody, with the, the Perique amped up, the barley wine was it. So I will go with the joy juice, the barley wine, and then the witty ale in, in that order. But all three were really All three was, been, was, was, been, was fantastic. You wouldn't be unhappy with no, any of them. No, either one was right? good. Yeah. I would agree with that same thing. Yeah. What about you, Pat? I think that if you went off of like the thirds of the bowl, I think all three pairings complemented like that portion of tobacco perfectly. Mm -hmm. But if I had to go with one beer for the entire bowl, I would go with the... Joy juice? Oh, it's fire. a mix. Uh, I'd say the barley wine, just because it has more oh. body to it. And yeah. I, I think it really enhanced that kind of plump. You're just sweetness. more sophisticated. And that clove <laughs> note was very you interesting. You see that? Dude, so. yeah. Dave, uh, I'm I'm Jeez. Thank you, Dave. All right, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with the barley wine. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I I would say you know. The most interesting one to me was the Spitfire. Mm -hmm. um, again, that that acidity cutting through uh, that pepperiness I was getting it through mm -hmm. in the bowl at that point. Um, ironically enough, and I we say this as an inside mm -hmm. joke, I think my favorite might have been the Winnie. 
<laughs> mm. <laughs> All right, uh, Dan. That was obviously a little bit, bit of uh, butt kissing there, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows I don't need to kiss his butt. Uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, I'm. I think, uh, Paul. I think I'm the same as you. Where I'm going to go Spitfire first because I love the contrast mm-hmm. between the two. Um, the Winnie, I could just, I could drink a couple of those yeah. while I smoke this. And the barley wine is, is, it's kind of like, it's hard not to go with it mm-hmm. because it's just oh, so yeah. creamy yeah. and smooth. Fantastic. It's hard to find a cigar, honestly, that or, or, or tobacco that's not going to go with yeah. that barley wine. So I'll, I'll put that as three. So I'll go, okay. yeah, the Spitfire, the Winnie, and then the barley wine for me. All right, very good. All right, now we're going to go. Well, and... Dan, you didn't give us yours. Well, I agreed with Paul. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So the I would do the Spitfire, then the then the barley wine, and then the six hundred three. Cool. Right. Winnie, Winnie so Ill. we're not going to have second breaks. Nope. <laughs> no, there's no second <laughs> break. Right we're, we're going. What, what beer are we having now, guys? Well, this one's kind of a free for all, right? So we weren't sure if we we're going to crack this one. Um, this is Beer Hall Igloo Lager. So this is really an amber lager, like a bock that we made. And this is Igloos, more of a. Those are especially after um, the barley wine. Oh. So yeah. it's an amber, and you're still going to get some nice malt flavor to pair with your tobacco. Nice but it's a flavor. lot. It's a Whoa. lot lighter and Watch your uh, elbow. easier to drink. So this is a special oh. beer hall lager because this is a uh, barley wine and coated glass yeah, for beer yeah. hall lager. So, so we only do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny. It's a new thing. <laughs> That's a cuvee. We're going to put I mean, a few drops cuvee, of the barley wine in this. Uh... <laughs> well, so some the, of you have a few drops. Beer hall lager is something that we produce <laughs> and we only sell inside the beer hall. So we have regular I beer. So we have regular beer hall lager, mm-hmm. um, which is really your kind of light, clean, classic lager. Mm-hmm. You know, more your your uh, something you you used to see the yellow, and this beer hall igloo lager. This is one that we do for the winter where you have more of that amber color. It's called igloo because we we install we install igloos out on the uh, by patio. We, he means him. He yeah, by him. we we mean yeah me. Um, <laughs> so we've done this for about three or four years now. We were kind of oh, the first cool. ones to do igloos in New Hampshire, which was cool. But um, that's yeah, kind of so, sad. So we so we do that there, and it's just super easy, refreshing, and uh, I think we have a couple of the other beers on the table. So if you finish this, feel free to grab whatever, boys. This is a this bit the the free for all well, section of the. Uh, I don't I don't have drinking. any, so that's okay. All right, so. <laughs> That's your, penance, a... that's your penance from last week. Okay, fair enough. Has... <laughs> <laughs> Something went down last week. I want to know what this is. Yeah. Oh, boy. Water for Dave. Yeah. MIA. Oh. oh. But, you, know, you know, the sad part was, is my day started out drinking Sam Adams. Yeah. You that know? is sad. Well, that, is sad. That, is that is sad. That is sad. So, you, you, yeah. could start, you couldn't start out with 603. Thanks for supporting yeah. Logan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Keep so, drinking more beers out of Ohio. Well, no. It's, it's funny just, that our it, day ended with drinking <laughs> Sam Adams Day. I know. That's right. That's, so, it's, so it was like. That's, what, started, that's, why, to, that's why, actually that's why we heard a thud. I went to my car. that you will never, ever be able to get again. I went to my car, and I was like, you know. You know, I could go for one more. So I was like, I'll go for one more. And then that was it. Famous last Like, words. after that, yeah, it was famous last words. Like, that was the end of my day. And I d- pretty much don't remember it, yeah. except for what my brother told me, which was really yeah. bad. You time traveled? Uh, I love time travel. Huh? Yeah. Somebody's got a flux capacitor you get from, hitting those <laughs> One day to the next with no recollection <laughs> of how it happened? Needless yeah. to say, today, I stayed home. <laughs> so, um... The the uh, street taco here has a closed foot, so it should have been real easy to light. You get a yep. blast of the um, – a closed foot means that the wrapper 
is brought down over the foot of the cigar. So as you light it, you get a blast of that before you get to everything else. Okay. Okay. Mm. And um, it is an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper around Nicaraguan binder and fillers. This is the short Corona that we are having of the street taco, which mm. is uh, five and a half inches by a six uh, by a forty-six ring gauge, and uh, this is one of my favorite kind of ring gauges. Yeah, Corona. I, I like the smaller ring corona. gauge, um, and I would say it's a short Corona by like half an inch. Okay. I, I wouldn't really. Yeah, I would, I would feel comfortable calling this a Corona. Yeah, it's a Corona. But they just want to like differentiate themselves by calling it show Corona. Yeah, I I have to say, right off the bat though, I enjoy this more than the robusto, which I've had. This is just so much more flavorful. Yep. Nice, nice spice. Mm. Nice Nice spice spice. right right off the kick. Now, to one of the reasons we decided to have the street taco is a the name. It's street taco. It's taco. Tacos. This is like aimed at kids, right? Supposedly. I mean, it, could would, you say the same with seven, this? I would buy that. And it's got this yeah. Yeah. this cute little animated, you know, Mexican skull thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. there are so many Past, movies out yeah. about oh, this. About Dia de Muerto it, it, type, it, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's 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 ridiculous. But no children will ever like this. <clears throat> they'll never, <laughs> they'll <laughs> never <laughs> want a street taco. I, I, can, I cannot imagine they would enjoy no. a street taco mm-hmm. after no. talking about this. They'll okay. go, to, they'll go to a peanut butter jelly sandwich before they go to a street taco. But it, it, it that's a super cool wrap, right? I like that. You know, the wrapper, the double, the double wrapper there. The band, the, the band, the, the band is really on neat. The band, yeah. I mean, and it's funny as we were talking about this, I was thinking about what are some of the first cigars that I bought purely because mm-hmm. of the wrapper, and I would say, the the ten years ago when I was just starting out type thing, acid cigars were one of the first ones I bought because I rode sport bikes. And yeah, there's, a, there's yeah. a guy in a sport bike on it, and it's like a real reflective. Mm-hmm. So I tried that one first. You know, it yeah. got me to buy it. You know, I, I will say one of the other ones um, I was thinking about that got me to buy because of the band was the Camacho. The Camacho has a big, large, very colorful, Camacho. vibrant brand. It's got the scorpion on it, so it looks cool. So yeah. I remember scorpion one of the very evil. one of the very first ones that. I got. It was a Connecticut Camacho with yeah. a yellow band Connecticut on it. Connecticut Camacho, but. That actually, <laughs> and that actually taught yeah. me. That actually taught me. It's like, oh, I, I kind of like these Connecticut rapper things. So really I, I cool. that helped me get into it. It's a deadly animal that I like a lot. And that's what it was. That's why I bought it. I had yeah. no knowledge whatsoever <laughs> of what the cigar or the brand was, but I was like, that's a cool rapper. I'm gonna give it a shot. I actually will uh, kind of elaborate what Dan just said. I, the in terms of uh, bands, one of the one of the bands that really attracted me was the La Roma de Cuba, Dave. And uh, I thought it was very colorful. I thought it was uh, a super cool looking band. I tried it. Pass I loved the, the cigar. Okay. It became it became one of my uh, all time favorites about maybe five ten years ago, and uh, and then I found the my father's Lordy Lasentius. Dave, we're missing yep. the right side. Now we're missing everything. Come on, Dave. Keep everything. Hey, keep talking, because I can't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Somebody give Dave a Sam Adams. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should give, give Get this guy a Ford truck or that. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Oh, oh, it's going in and out. Oh, there it is. Okay. okay. There we go. All said. right. Then I found the Flori Las Antillas. Oh. Ah, there you go. Now you're talking yeah. about And that, that band just spoke base, to me. Yeah. That band there just spoke to me. It was just beautiful. Oh, oh, too much. You got something, something. So, All right, there we go. There we go. There we go. Now, now we're out. You got a bad cable. This, no, it's it, a bad box. It's a bad box. Uh, it's a bad box. Got to get a new box. In any event, that that band just spoke, brand new cable 
that band just spoke to me, and I just started smoking that cigar, mm-hmm. and pretty soon that became the number one cigar of 2012, and uh, I was hooked. Yeah, wow, that was that's what she said. That was ten years ago. Paul. That was ten years ago. Yeah. I really enjoyed, and that was I, like I said, the tractor cigars for me. I had actually made it two cigars. La Roma de Cuba was the front lawn, mm. and the Lodi Las Vegas the front back lawn, part. baby, the front lawn. <laughs> I had two acres to, to mow. So wow. Wow. How about you, Pat? What do you think are the coolest bands out there that'll get you to buy a, buy a stick? So honestly, well, the Fuente, <laughs> Fuente, Fuente. My um, my Casa favorite. De Cuba. My favorite <laughs> band. The double Chateau. I love the Big X on the Opus. X. The Pussy Juice. My favorite. <laughs> I love, I love just go. saying I that. love the Volva. Um, the Volva. Yes. The FCC is going to have something to say about this. You can tell we're in hour three. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. <laughs> what was the question? Oh, that's what was the question. What do you think of the cool vans out there? <laughs> people buy up that. This my, is what happens when we have four beers in a row. Yeah. Thank you. My favorite brand is definitely Steve Saka, Dunbar um, Cigars. So it's... The band is small, but it complements like every rapper that he makes. So I, I don't really like the big standout, extravagant colored bands. I like he the prefers bands. a coffin. Well, like so the Sopra Mesa, like that band, yeah. like the green and white. It's so, no, no, that's Sopra Sopra that's the navy blue and the gold. That's the, that's it's the, 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 the crown. Yeah. What? Oh, the, oh, the Sopra Mesa. I'm sorry, the Sopra Mesa. Yeah. yeah. The, not not yeah. the uh, golden brown. And so yeah, it, yeah, it just yeah. complements the rapper. So I, I don't like bands that take away from the cigar itself. Yeah, so I, agree I with think you. Steve Saka is the best. Like all of his bands on all of his lines, like the Mi Corita, Sopra Mesa, the Sin Compromiso. Now that he's tinted the the logo, so it looks like it's aged. But I, I think he he does the best. <laughs> that wasn't a call out. No, it's Steve. No. Well, I I think he does the best branding, and it, it just looks very appealing to me. I I don't like like for instance the Supreme Leaf. I think that is the ugliest band. I would I, agree. I don't like standout colors like that. I, I just if it takes away the from the wrapper, orange the cigar, and purple, yeah. Like What's Khalid going to say now, man? You know, he's going to have a tear in his eye. Well, the Opus X is is another one of my favorite bands, but I think if you look at like Coraline cigars and like honestly, yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, Steve beats. That's right. Day. If you're going to do an X, make it look old English. I would I would say Steve beats Fuente on the normal line stuff, but. When it comes to the artistic presentation box and labels on the cigars, yeah, the Fuente and particularly the Opus X, yeah, nobody does. Dave, nobody does artwork like like him. Left, it's I'm sorry, amazing. fine for me. So it's amazing. <laughs> they are, and anytime you see that, you're like, oh, I know, I'm gonna yeah. spend some money. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's like it's gonna be worth it. So I, I agree with that, but I'm I'm speaking more to. The oh well, keep going. I don't know if they can hear me. What still. are you speaking but to? I'm speaking to the like. If it complements the rapper, that that's what I like. Yeah. And like yeah, the no. Opus X is an exception because I, I'm not counting that because obviously that's an easy answer for me. It's just to say anything that's one day, but. Like yeah, and, and those aren't available everywhere, you know, or all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, the the Steve Saka cigars are, you know. If they're not available necessarily everywhere, they are available all the time, which is, it's a, uh, you can get them 
anywhere where where his cigars are sold. So I mean, the best answer then is like. When it comes to like the presentation of the cigar in the band, it's going to be Steve Saka, and then when it comes to the artwork of the band, it's going to be Opus. Mm. Boom. I got a. I, I have a. Sounds like opinion. Quick, quick question, and something I need to point out. So, PJ, I smoke a lot of cigars with PJ. PJ always smokes the cigar band down. I always smoke mine band up. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you are you consistently like, the way it, I, are I you like consistent the way you do it? it? I like to smoke it up. Yeah, I always yep. smoke band yep. up. Me too. Yeah, PJ's the only guy I know, and he always I always look over, and he's always smoking band down. I don't get how it happens or why it happens, <laughs> and, the, and he points it out, and I, I there's no rhyme. Are, are you doing this? Are you, do, are you rolling it? I do kind of. You roll, roll it down to see how it looks. You know, make sure it's like all even and all that. Yeah. So yeah, I just find look over. I'm like, every, everyone else is band up, and he's band down. Like, I, I I find that too. I find sometimes I I, I and it's without. You know, any reason uh, mm-hmm. I'll smoke it and I'm look like, oh yeah, it's down, it's upside down. I should put it back upside. Well, but there's really totally no, there's no sorry. right or wrong with yeah. that. It's just, just my way you know. to go against the grain, guys. <laughs> I'm just making all right, me. So I'm, I'm just making sure that everything. Sorry is... for that useless bit of so, conversation. No, like... <laughs> Who had a bad childhood? Well, I mean, his his initials there do go with the initials of another uh, Fuente cigar, which we've been referencing most of the show now, which is the, <laughs> the PJ. The PJ. I have my own cigar. You have your own cigar, my yep. friend. This is awesome. Yeah, and buddy. what does what does PJ stand for, Pat? Paul. Pussy juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm with you. Oh, there we go. <laughs> We've come full circle. Go bum bum. How about you, Dan? Where are you with with uh, with bands? Is there anything that calls to you when you see it? I mean. You know, I, I think we've already, you know. Well, we can we the, can the go back to an old story. The marketing of bands is and, and bands is is a big thing, and uh, you know we already mentioned Rocky Patel and how he, you know, is really really big into making, especially bigger, brighter, bolder bands for for especially his new cigars, aged, limited, and rare. Mm-hmm. Um, the number six, the right? The number six, That's a huge band, which takes up like you know three quarters of the cigar. I'm I'm not a big fan of bands that are two or three inches long. And when you when you smoke quarter inch of the cigar, you're already having to worry about taking the band off yep. because it might burn. I mean, come on. Did I see a, a, well, a company let, that makes smokable bands? Is that is that a thing? That's Leaf. Yep. But let me let me just bring back to a uh, another cigar <laughs> that we smoked earlier. Superfly. All right. Yeah. So this all started because none of us touched it, but Nick did. Okay. Prison Nick. (laughs) And, you know, we all smoked it because of him. And we all loved it. And it became our cigar of the year that year. Really? So, and it had this big, huge, bright, purple. 1970s, 1970s, purple, black. Like right over it. It was huge. And we were all just like, yeah, whatever. And we stayed away from it. And he was totally on it because he was like, oh, my God, Superfly. And, you know, and that became our cigar of the year. And, we, and that wouldn't have happened without Nick. And I have to point that out because, you know, branding to some people but not other people works. But at the I end. I don't of- remember it like that at all. But, okay. <laughs> well, and I'm going to say, like, Rojas is a new boutique line that we have. And, like, when we got the Street Taco in. I mean, personally, I got good reviews on it when I suggested it to people, but a lot of people were getting it because it, it popped out and it has unique branding, especially because, like, we're not an LCA 
retailer so we don't have those other cigars we were talking about so this comparatively to our like humidor like is a unique branding like the box is very i mean it reminds me of nickelodeon i'm not gonna like the, the slime yeah, yeah. color and everything <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, like, Nickelodeon? Yeah. like when I saw this, yeah, I, I thought it could, before, be lettuce, could be lettuce. It's, it's that dirty it's, Mexican green. <laughs> no, dirty Mexican green. But, yeah, avocado. But a, avocado. A, lot, <laughs> a lot of people got That's this a pretty bad avocado <laughs> because of the branding. Very ripe. I want to smoke an avocado. Very ripe. <laughs> Very disgusting. But it's interesting though because I want to go to Panera Bread. The, I think the bands like the beer labels. The job of it is just to try you to pick up one. Yep. Yeah. And then it is the responsibility as far as beer goes, the liquid in the can, or yep. as the as the cigar goes, the tobacco in the wrapper, mm -hmm. to make you buy it again. So really, this kind of wacky marketing is just to kind of get it in your hand and try it first. Right. You can try it, and it can be a total piece of garbage, and you right. can try it again. But if it gets you to pick it up and you're like, oh, heck, that's like, I really enjoy that. Yep. You're going to keep picking it up. So that's why I think you're, like I said before, you're at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what you're going to see in cigar marketing and in colorful, just kind of bands. And you, you, it's coming. It, now, it's, it's coming for you guys just like it came for the craft beer. Before, before we get into anywhere else with this conversation, I'd like to say some things that we think about the actual cigar and not the bands. So, Dan, what what are you picking up with the cigar, and do you like it? I do like it. Super easy smoke. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think you, this this could be a nice kind of afternoon lunchtime yes. lunch break smoke. And because of the size, the Corona size, it's real easy. Got some nice peppery notes mm -hmm. from it. Um, Go it, good with my taco. Yeah, it, it's not it's not overwhelming. I almost get like a touch of cayenne. I don't know if that's yep. no, exactly. I feel I feel like I get a touch yep. of cayenne from yep. there. Um, but yeah, there's some nice spicy, uh, nice 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 spice. You can say big. You can say big and spicy. Big and spicy. Ah no! I don't want to steal. I don't want to steal pets. But no, I get a little bit of cayenne out of it, and I I like it. I enjoy it. It is. It's a nice smoke, and it's it's one I'll pick up again. Paul, yeah, yeah, cayenne pepper, nice nice sweetness in the background, nice earthy woody notes. Uh, the 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 actual sweet pepper notes is what st stands out to me. Good so. mouth. Was that what was that? Good mouth. <laughs> good mouth or good, good mouth? Good mouth. Great mouth. Great mouth. Okay. <laughs> uh, PJ definitely get some of the the, the the pepperiness is is very upfront and that woodiness is what I was picking up on. Yep. Um, the aroma is intriguing. <laughs> it almost. The aroma, you almost get some of that pepperiness on the aroma as well, which yeah, is kind of weird. On the retro. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think definitely pepper forward, and I didn't pick cayenne necessarily, but it's, I think that's exactly kind of where, where it is. It's more assertive pepperiness than you'd get from just a black pepper or something like that. But mm. um, Taco flavor. Taco flavor. This I, this tastes like a chalupa. <laughs> taco. It tastes like a chalupa. I feel like I'm south of the border. <laughs> Patrick, what do you think, Patrick? It good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's on that. the soundboard. There we go. It good, man. But um, it's so, okay. Little, little, little Mexican Jamaican. So I've only there. had the Corona. So it's I've only had the Corona. But I, I enjoy. <laughs> but I enjoy it. Um, it's it has like a nice kind of like corn chip and like this mineral salt corn note. Chip. That's yeah. actually a really yeah. good corn chip yeah. is a great descriptor. Great. Of this one. 
It that's tastes like tortilla to me. Nailed it. As soon as you said that, I was like, that's yes. like corn chip. Is yeah, the oil, really it's almost that oil, oiliness. And a little flatbread. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, interesting. And then it, it, um, Way to go, Pat. To that point, it gives you kind of like, like your this creamy your kind of Pat. oily <laughs> texture that kind of coats your palate. <laughs> and then it follows through with like this kind of mineral saltiness. So it's kind of a dry smoke. And then through the finish, you get kind of like a nice woody note to it. And then it also has like this lingering sweetness. So you're saying it's like Fritos, only better? Yeah. Uh, does it get better than Fritos? This guy's a goddamn super taster. I know. He's fantastic with he's, that description. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was right on point, Pat. way up there. Damn. All right. Well, <clears throat> I, I totally get the, the cayenne pepper in this. And I, I think the cigar is very well named in that in that I, this would go fantastic with tacos. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I was shocked there was this, no Mexican. Do we need a, a this, taco This beer reminds me of a taco. If you could smoke a taco... This is what it would be. Were you shocked that there was no Mexican San Andreas in it, though? I feel like that was a missed opportunity. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, Maybe they'll come out with I'm a Maduro version, too. Well, I mean, come on, dude. That's, that's <laughs> cocoa. Co- chocolate does not go no, with tacos. Yes, it does. Having, mole. Having street mole, with mole, no cocoa, Mexican San Andreas. Cocoa is one of the main ingredients of mole. I love I'm, I'm blown away, with, not, I'm blown away not, with corn chip. I, you're still corn on chip, it. Corn chip I, and cayenne. Is, this is, yeah. that this is, this it. is more like season, a, It's a seasoned corn chip. This though. is a, this is a, a cayenne corn chip. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And um, now that said, one of my big pet peeves is, is the label here. Okay. I have never understood why skulls and crossbones and death have been, you know, such a big thing with cigars or cigar groups or whatever. You know, you, you, or anything. You, you join, you join a, a a cigar group, and what is it? It's this real angry looking dead thing yep. that's looking at you. Black, when red. What, yeah. When what? The the whole purpose of a cigar is to celebrate life mm-hmm. and to relax and to enjoy. And here you've got this this orange dead dude on the cigar, and I I don't I get can't that. see him because my, 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 my label's down. I don't down. get that. It's, 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 it's yeah. like it's like this guy with all <laughs> with this guy with bad teeth. He's got a who grill. had who had like he's got a grill. Nine gold fillings <laughs> died yeah. smoking the cigar, and that's what they chose as their label. I'm like, why couldn't you come up with something that is more about life than like a d- skull? Oh, yeah. I mean, would have been a smile, and it would have changed the whole thing. And I don't well, get that. If you, and if you I look don't, at it upside and down, the, the, it kind of looks like an Angry Birds. Well, wait, wait, wait. well, but here's the thing. I mean, there there are there are a number of anima- animated like movies. Like there are a number right? of animated movies right now that are all about you know going into the dead world and the, you know the people become you know walking skeletons, the undead, and they look like this. And so to me, this is like a Pixar film. Look at the Deadwood series. Crazy Alice, Sweet yes. Jane, Fat yeah. Bottom Betty. Same kind of thing. Leather Rose. They they're all like, like, like goth oriented, like skull, no. you know, Halloween type figurine. It's the figurine. Day of the Dead. That's, well, I it's think, all off the No, I get that, but but that's the, that's their marketing that's, scheme, man. Well, yeah, not even because that, it, that, it, that's the culture. That's the culture, right. But, but it, if you it, don't it, know it, that's the culture, then you're like, well, that's like. Really the way I see it is. It's called the street tacos. I think it's reminiscent of like a, a food truck that serves yep. tacos. Exactly. And I think the branding for that is chips. right on point. Yeah. 
coin chips. Yeah, it, it does and by no like means is it sold to children. No, it, no it, means. It's, oh. I think it's pretty forward um, for a premium cigar. Like to have this text, kind of the cartoony text yeah. in the face. Like it's it's that's pretty groundbreaking, I think, for a cigar. Like, what is this? What does this guy run? Like nine bucks. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it's, 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 it's less than nine for, it? for a Corona. Yeah. Yeah. But and like, this is the thing about the Pravada Cigar Club that I do admire is this is the kind of branding a of that they're pushing. And to me, like when I look at this, I think of like a food truck, and a lot of their brands kind of have those like nostalgic kind of clicks to them. And I mean, on the screen behind us, I have like my, because again, funny thing is with Half Wheel's article, it actually made me subscribe to Provada Club. I wasn't going to do it up until I read that article. Hmm. And so I got my first shipment in today in the cigars that are on display now behind us. Like that's what came in. You were hoping for a munchie, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. right? might be one I really wanted a munchie. Every single cigar has a, a story to it, and it has unique branding. Like it's uh, what is it? One of them's the Persian rug. Right. Yes, you said it right. I'm so and proud it's, of you. It's this Lancero, and, and the band is literally a rug. And it's, I just think it's a unique kind of, now in that sense, not really nostalgic, but it's just a unique way of branding. And it's kind of a fun thing to do with these like boutique cigars. And that's why the street tacos, I tried it initially because I was interested by it. And in this case, a cigar delivered, like it's something that I get regularly because it's a nice price point. And it's, I like spice forward cigars and it's a knock it out of the park, but the branding is definitely what made me reach for it. So... And, you know, <clears throat> kudos to them for making a branding that would make you reach for it. Yeah. <clears throat> if mm-hmm. if you had not said, this is a great cigar, you should try it, I never would have picked it up because of the branding. Because this whole kind of skull and crossbones thing with cigars, to me, is a big turnoff. Yeah. To me, you know, cigars bring life i i don't want to look at us i don't want to look at a skull when i'm smoking a cigar i don't want to look at crossbones when i'm smoking a cigar we have enough trouble trying to get people to understand that smoking a cigar or two cigars a day is not a life-threatening thing that you might actually extend your life by several years FDA by smoking study. cigars, yep. according to the American Cancer Society's latest research. Yep. Thank you very you much. Know, so why would you want to down on that or or support the cigars cause death thing by having symbols of death and dead on your cigar? I think it's... A, it, to me, that doesn't fit. But... I was gonna say, I think there's a there's a there's a you know what this reminded me of is there's a water brand called Liquid Death, yeah, and they are a new brand that yeah. I I heard of about four to five years ago. It's 24 ounce cans of water, which is a unique package for water to go into a 24 ounce can, mm-hmm. and their branding is literally skull and crossbones. And, well, and it's not just a skull; it's a it's, skull with like stuff crawling out of the eye socket. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's the growth. And, and the commercial is this like this big weird monstrosity like killing people because it's like it's like kill your thirst. I think is yeah, uh, killing your thirst. Yeah, it kills. And I first saw that that this brand years ago before they really had widespread distribution. And I was like, this branding on this water is absolutely unbelievable. 
And I was like, it's nothing that you would think. Like when you think water, you think clean, pure, Light, pure. All, all those things that just kind of accentuate why you're drinking water as opposed to a soda yeah. or a juice than you, when you go into a convenience right. store. But their branding is like this. We have this really great, and their liquid is great. It's really clean water, water called liquid death. Called and liquid we, death. We actually we carry that at the lounge. If you didn't know, yeah, yeah I, I have liquid death. It, it is it is completely counter to what you think it should be, but people love it. You know, and, it's, and it's yep. interesting. It stands out. It, they're going to order that and pay it's two or un- three times as much than they would for a full one spring. And, and it's unlike any any other thing that's on the market in in that segment. I mean, marketing. It, and that's what it boils down to is marketing. I mean, and that's what we talked about with these cigars, marketing towards the wrong demographic or marketing towards, you know, the younger kids. It all boils down to that marketing. And yep. will people pick it up because of the marketing aspect to it? And you, more times than not, yeah. Yep. I mean, if there's something to discuss about a marketing aspect of a brand, people are probably gravitating towards it. Now, do you have a beer that you are particularly proud of the creativity of the marketing name and branding that you have put to it that's like not you know like oh we honestly like we, i look at a, like you know we, the we, 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 have, we, have, a, we have a bunch this is ver- this is very yeah <laughs> plain let's let's say but, but do you have it, one that's I, I i got one that we can we, yeah we can do and it's it's a and the beer style is out there I think you're going with it, what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's like, oh, how do we market this? So it is a – it's a Goza, which is a sour beer. <laughs> Goza. But it is pickle-flavored. And You guys like, had this at, at yes. the bar? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, the, uh, and it's it's A puke walks into a bar? A puke into a jar. A puke yeah, 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 walks yeah. into a jar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the picture of a pickle basically walking down the street, and he's walking into a bar. And – um. No one's going to pick that beer up unless it has a cool label. But you would not believe how much of this stuff we've sold because you drink it and it's like, holy shit. I drink one. It tastes like a damn pickle. Yeah. And it's actually pleasant when I'm drinking the beer. Unbelievable. So that was what, when I said I, I usually grab a four-pack of a beer and I will drink a four-pack fresh and I grab a four-pack and I cellar it. I had a four-pack of, so awesome. of the acute walks into a jar in my fridge in my basement yesterday. And I was like, I have two left. I was like. You know, it's not – I didn't wait as long. I think we released the brand last March, April. So it's got, you know, half a year under under it at this point. My, almost a year under it at this point. And I was like, let me crack it. And that, I drank it. I was like, this beer has not fallen off. It's still – you get that dill note from the uh, That's so from the Sriracha Ace hops that we, hops. That we yeah. used. Um, you get that cucumber flavored. The salt from uh, that we used in the Goza to get that brininess mm-hmm. was there. But – the branding was out there, but that wasn't the beer I thought you were going to go with. I was going to go with Alono. Oh, Alono. Alono yeah. is a beer that we do. It's a tiki-inspired sour, and it's got a big picture tiki. of the typical tiki glass. It's got, it's got the Lono tiki god mm-hmm. on the front of the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lono, Lono is the god of fertility, so only, o- o- only appropriate that we put it in <laughs> the highest. Fertility and suffering? Like that would pair with the street taco branding completely. So Lono and this Lono – Branding on Lono and the branding on the cigar, you'd be like, yeah, just based off the branding alone, works. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just they 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 are in uniform, they go hand in hand. But the, the, for us, you know, we we are constantly with our EO9 platform, which we don't have anything from EO9 tonight, which is really surprising in itself. But our EO9 platform has always pushed the envelope a little bit. And Dan and I talk about it, and we're like, when we try when we're when we're dosing an adjunct porter stout, we're dosing an dosing. adjunct dosing an adjunct uh, sour. <laughs> 
Um, Doshing a street taco. <laughs> we, ask, we ask ourselves, like, Shh, how how is the how is the orange flavor? How is how is the coconut flavor in this? And we're like, if you have to ask, add more. And yeah. and if we're like, EO9 is supposed to be over the top, and the branding goes hand in hand. The the branding of these beers should also be over the top. We're like, is this too much? Perfect, perfect. Yeah. If we're starting to second guess, have we gone too far? We nailed it. And that, that's kind of the goal of that, of that line for us is to push the envelope yeah. and to do things that are unorthodox or outside the box and to see what things we can capture. We have a beer coming out next week called Whiteboard Wizard, which if you're an employee of 603, you can sing the testament of whiteboards in your daily life. Uh, if, if our brewery <laughs> could be – if our offices could be constructive out of purely whiteboard, they would be. Um, <laughs> um, so we have this beer coming out uh, – uh, Dan's partner, one of the uh, one of the founders of of, of Six O Three, Jeff was, uh, he's uh, an avid lover of all things whiteboard because he loves equations and writing things down just to erase them. But he takes a picture first, so it's cool. Um, and we decided, you know, we decided to push the envelope a little bit. And we're like, well, you know, we w- want inspiration for this beer, and we're like, we have another beer called Nonsense Words, which we really just named because a beer name is at this point is just nonsense. So whiteboard wizard, we're like, well, what can be kind of kind of whimsical but a little bit tongue-in-cheek uh also an inside joke but fun and could work and we're like whiteboard wizard so you have uh you know a caricature of this guy with a wizard hat um and a a, a wand it's a little harry potter-esque that's on the label of this beer coming out but that tells you nothing, nothing about, about the beer, the beer. <laughs> it, <laughs> is, it is purely it just doesn't get, matter <laughs> it's purely just to get your interest me like oh, well this is kind of cool give it a shot and, and and then the job of the liquid is to be like oh damn this is fantastic. Yes. I want more, and I'm going to go back and buy more. Yeah. So that label, like that band, is just to get that consumer to pick that thing up and say, this is neat. I'll give it a shot. Because the liquid, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but all things aside, it's the liquid in the can is nothing revolutionary. It's, it's, it's a great uh, New England-style double IPA that we're really proud of, and I'm, I'm loving how it's turning out. But there's nothing cutting edge about it. It's just... It's 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 the style. It, of, it's a great beard, and you try to cut people, through all the noise that you see on the shelf. People get shop. People to be like, oh, all right. People shop styles and 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 labels, yep. and that's pretty yeah. much what people are shopping nowadays in our industry. So, got to appeal to that. I love watching Paul's head just go. <laughs> Back and forth, back and forth. That's one of the things about. That's one of the things about six hundred three that I appreciate is like the, like EO nine is awesome. It's like an experiment, and yeah. like the branding's very interesting. I like how you guys kind of push like the proverbial envelope, if if you will, and you guys kind of introduce these like mixtures, and then you also have like kind of an off-brand type approach, and it's just something that you don't really see too often, and it's something we, that you can appreciate. You we know, we call it our playground, and that's really what it is. Playground mm. for whether it's me in sales in my, my in my department saying that we think that this could work really well in market or whether it's our brewers that are like this is could be really fun it's just a playground yeah. and that's what we have to remember at the end of the day is Dan said that Doug brought uh, fun back fun into back beer to it. Yep. and and that's one of the things that we you know with the EO9 line that we're really able to kind of experiment with is having fun and i think like you know you have a good product when you have the ability to kind of experiment on the side. So, yeah, people, people, you know, you got to get people's trust. 
Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this is going to be a little wacky, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a well-made yeah. product, so they yeah. give it a shot. And that that's really what, you know, you, you gain that consumer confidence. But that is exactly what Street Taco is doing here. Street yeah. Taco yeah. is getting you to pick this up and say, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to buy a box at start, but I'm going to pick one off out of the box. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to smoke mm-hmm. it and see if I like it. And, yep. And I think the smoke actually backs it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the street taco. If you so bought this purely on, on branding alone and you picked this up and you lit it with, if there was no band on this, you'd like this. <clears throat> that's, a, that's a good smoke. You know, and branding aside, you're like, you know, whether you're like, ah, I could go, I could lean this way on the branding or that way on yeah. the branding. It's at the end of the day, it's, the wrappers you said is the wrappers what draws you in it's the, it's what's in you know it's what's inside and what the what, what it's made out of and how it's constructed that will keep you buying it again well, it, and, and not for nothing it reminds me of a taco yeah it, yeah, it, it does. does it's got that kind of the spice to it yeah, yeah. Yep. it's yep. got a taco spice it's yep. really well yep. named it's like that yep. way cuke walks into a jar is yep. be a pickle flavored yep. lono the tiki god it is it's a uh, a painkiller which is the type of drink mm-hmm. that's what it's those are the that's the flavor profile and that we use in that i only like work two times a week so whenever i go in <laughs> whenever i go that's in generous that's it ladies like Sorry. i usually i usually ask like what haven't you guys tried yet and like i always pick out the cigars that people like that's where the cre signature came from like no one tried it yet so i smoked it and then next thing you know it's a cigar of the year in the humidor so like and you know the alec bradley king sugi was another one which I don't think any, you guys liked as much as I did, but I thought it was a great cigar. But mm. I always go for, like, the branding <laughs> and the cigars that no one really tried, and then I uh, try it myself, and I kind of distinguish whether awesome. or not it's worth everyone else giving some attention to. Mm-hmm. All right, are we ready for a little Would You Rather? Would you rather? All right, the Would You Rather is uh, a very tame one tonight, but it may be difficult. Ooh. And that is mm-hmm. which pairing would you rather have oh snap based off the four beers and two tobaccos that we've had tonight the street taco mm. or the glps fillmore which would you rather have again oh. well i'm gonna say the fillmore with the joy juice is my absolute favorite up top paul me and me and paula together we're, we're yeah. making so, that, and, that, and it, that I, two for that that brought out the 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 most uh, killer outstanding yeah. notes to me. It was kind of like unforeseen because it, it brought yes, thanks, Dave. It it brought out that I guess I'm gonna say it again, the sweet sour bread notes. Woo! It was transcendent. <laughs> it was absolutely transcendent and excellent. And I, I'm gonna echo that same sentiment. I, I know I said that my favorite uh, pairing with that with that with the Fillmore was the Winnie, but I think the most interesting one that I would revisit would be that Spitfire Joy Juice with the Fillmore. I mean, it was just it cut through it really really nicely yeah. and it was it made me want to go back to both evenly. Yeah, the peach I, and the smoke really yeah, was tied yeah. in nicely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pat Pat Monday. I would go with the Baldwin wine and the pipe tobacco. Just because whenever a pairing adds more complexity to what I'm smoking, it's always going to be a win for me. So like the clove, He's got that super palate. Yeah, like the clove and that like enhanced yeah. kind of like woody note just yeah, hands down. Dave I'm going to have to go with the Spitfire as well. That that was just absolutely, totally, and completely enjoyable. I love it. Awesome. Dan? It would be the Spitfire. Whoa! Almost hey. yeah. unanimous. I, I, I don't even have to think about it. It, it, was, it was... Contrasting pairings are so difficult. Mm-hmm. And that just went 
so incredibly well mm -hmm. with the tobacco and um you know i i, I think the that the film more on its own is much more enjoyable than I think everybody else did. Um, maybe that means I'm on crack. I don't know. No, I like the film more as well by itself. Dan, but. but with that beer, it was amazing. I, I loved that sour peach with it. It just brought out a lot of things in the tobacco that I really enjoyed. Um, you know, that peach, which is also a stone fruit, I think really enhanced a lot of those stone fruit flavors. Mm -hmm. the, the sour in it really uh, played off a lot of the sweet mm -hmm. notes that were in the tobacco. And it was almost cleansing. Yes. You know. Yeah. And so when you went back and had. Refreshed your draw, palate a little bit. It, uh, yeah. Refreshed yeah. your palate. So mm -hmm. when you went back and and took another draw off the pipe it was yeah. really enjoyable it, you know the Absolutely. the the igloo with the street taco mm. that was a winner too there there was no loser tonight no really um, there was really all the pairings worked really very well. very well um you did but, a lot of research but my, a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot you did a lot of you did a lot of playing around like, like i said like each you third, have to fail <laughs> to succeed each third yes. of the pipe tobacco i think complimented whatever pairing perfectly well for me <laughs> it was it was a, a bowl with each one so. yeah. <laughs> well in really this being uh a collaboration brew this is one of the first collaboration beers that we've ever done um, I'm excited to hear that you guys have the boys from Abel coming on. I think yep. we, BJ and I may be the end sitting, of the month. In, sitting in the audience for the uh, yeah. We, we might come down and hang out for yeah. that one if you'll yeah, allow. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll feel free. Maybe feel we'll free. have to fit you on. You yeah, know? I, I think you guys are really going to enjoy what they bring to the table as far as their pairings go. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm, thanks for having us back on. Yeah. Yeah. Back. Oh, uh, I really, Please. really. June 6th, we'll be back. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, June 6th. 606. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it first, but 603, 606. Now, what's the, the beer that you said is coming out? So like? it's a cuvee. So we took our barley cuvee, wine. Yeah. That's the barley wine. And, and that's, that's coming it. out on and the third or fourth. Or yeah. I think we're releasing that on 603 day. Yep. And then, so that'll be available. And we'll definitely hold we'll a couple bottles for you We'll definitely have you back for that. Awesome. Maybe for that one, Paul, we'll try and come up with the cigar that will go with that yeah. Beer. oh yeah. you guys are gonna have to reserve me a pack so we'll, we'll come in after we'll get you some advanced yeah. so we'll get you some advanced bottles just in case you 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 got it we'll have to work <laughs> on it beforehand um, um, personally take care of you now next <laughs> next week uh ashton's lauren ferraro is going to be with us and she's always a treat to have on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are going, that is one day ahead of our Ashton Cigar Dinner, oh, which yeah. is on the 15th next yeah. week. There are still some tickets available for that. If you have not yet gotten one, 80 bucks gets you into the dinner. There's going to be three different Ashton Cigars, an ESG 21 year, which is a $20 cigar on its own. I was going to say, none of the cigars are less than like $12. Then there's a VSG Robusto. Then there is cabinet, a, number, eight. cabinet number eight yep. with an Irish boiled dinner. There's going to be um, a Five Farms Irish coffee, slain whiskey, Guinness with dinner, mm. and uh, cupcakes that have had Irish spirits infused into them. For dessert. Oh, yeah. It's going to be amazing. I think I'm sold. Yeah. 
80 bucks. You you got to come into that. And, yep. and Call then, in today, guys. Yeah. And super special deals only for people who are at the dinner. That's right. Um, we're trying to do um, cigar deals, you know, with these dinners that you will only get at these dinners. They are bigger, better deals than we normally offer. It's it's going to be incredible. Only 30 yep. people can come to these dinners. That's on Tuesday, um, the 15th, the 15th of March. Yep. And right before St. Patrick's Day, we, yep. we had to do an Irish thing. Yeah, so totally. Irish. The guys yeah. from Slain Whiskey are going to be here as well. They're We've going to talk about guys. the history yeah. really of, cool guys. of Slain. And it is a great, great story. You're going to want to be here Absolutely. for that. So if you are within driving distance of twins, you need to get a ticket to this dinner next Tuesday, the 15th of March. It's going to be an incredible time right here in Hooksit. Only mm -hmm. 30 tickets. A bunch of them have already sold. I don't know how many are left off the top of my head, but it's not that many. So you want to make sure you get your tickets quick. All right. That's what's going to happen next week. We'll have Lauren with us, who will also be at the dinner. She's yep. been a frequent guest on the show yep. in the past. Um, Lauren, if you have never met Lauren, is <laughs> very easy on the eyes. But don't let that fool you. She knows her stuff yep. when it comes to Sharp cigars. as a needle. And it's going to be awesome. We're going to be smoking the uh, cabinet number eight on the show. And uh, that's going to be fantastic. So I hope you join with us next week, next Monday night. We'll see you then. Not Just Blowing Smoke. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top down smoke.